Hey everyone! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm drinking and I'm already tied, tongue tied. I'm here with Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Hey man, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making the time to to join us. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I I asked for questions and uh, we we there are a lot of them. So, <laughs> oh boy, I'll answer anything I can, man. Don't hold back, even the controversial yeah. stuff. Let me let me have it. Oh no, there's some good stuff. But uh, thank you everybody for joining. I know uh, Joe Corral is going to come in and, and hop in. He's grabbing some coffees. We'll grab him when, when he's here. Cool. Um, he's got the good news. His uh, Beck star went to second printing, so he's happy. Wow. He's having a good time. So. That's great. Congratulations to Joe, who's uh, apparently too important to be here on time. Yeah. Well, this is what happened to get that second <laughs> printing, and and uh, yeah, actually <laughs> late. But uh, yeah, yeah, so we moved on the, the cars, and and there were several questions. By the way, you are one of the best car illustrators I've ever seen. Do you? Do you it, this is a passion of yours, right? Yeah. Yes, and thank you. Hey, I'm sorry. Now I'm just drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the question, but people said, uh, "Why do your vehicles look so good? Why? Why? Are, how? How did you? How did you get so good at cars? A lot of people hate them. Um, so there's two tricks. Uh, one is learning about ellipses uh, and about learning how the wheels and the tires actually touch the ground. Once you figure out ellipses, for me, cars are fun because they, they inter they're interacting with the road correctly. So that was one thing. And the second one is um, I think a lot of artists draw cars really well, but they don't feature them. Yeah. Like when, when I do a composition, I'll try to block it out so that the car is featured. Like when Bruce gets into his sports car, the panel is about the sports car. And uh, there's a lot of really talented artists like Sean Phillips who does really great cars, but they're not the point of the panel. And right. uh, I don't know if he's a car guy or not, but he nails them, but they're just kind of in the background. They're perfect, but they're not featured in it like the way that I do because I'm just into car porn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, one of the other questions here, were kind of along the same lines, was like uh, in terms of licensed properties. If somebody came to you and wanted to do uh, Night Rider or something like that, would that be? <laughs> would you be up for that? Yeah, you know, I'm actually um, looking into uh, starting a publishing company where I'm gonna start licensing stuff after I do Batman Volume Three and Four. I think what I'm gonna do is retire from uh, mainstream comics for a while and look into some of these old properties from the '80s because. I think that if Knight Rider, like I'd love to get the license for Knight Rider. I can't imagine it would cost that much. And I would get uh, Brian Hill, of course, to write it because he's a better writer than I am and he's probably passionate about it. Oh, he loves Knight Rider, yeah. And I feel like if you gave Knight Rider to Boom or IDW, they would run it through the mill and do its normal thing and it would be fine. But I feel like if you did an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter with Knight Rider, you would really find Knight Rider fans who aren't necessarily Wednesday Warriors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do have a fantasy to sort of do that and look into Knight Rider, look into Highlander, look into Robocop, maybe Escape from New York or something. So when I do that perch, I'll be looking for funding. So you and Joe can uh, help me out with that. I will absolutely be there for that. So, Joe, welcome, by the way. Thank you. I, uh, I, I went to stop to get coffee before this, and uh, it was packed with so many little girls that were all ordering one by one. <laughs> and uh it was i'm sure it was very cute for the mom there but uh it was hell i was in hell <laughs> well <laughs> of, uh so you have drinks i johnny asked earlier this is what i'm drinking i'm drinking some nice centauri whiskey uh how about you what do you what do you got got oops yeah sorry I'm sipping coffee like he's a weird pedophile at a t-ball game <laughs> 
Yeah, what are you, what are you doing there, Joe? What, what, uh, what are you drinking there, Scott? Uh, Sean? Uh, I'm drinking Lagavulin. It's a uh, double matured yeah. um, bottle. My friend got me as a gift. It's really good. That's beautiful. Nice. I love it. I I, uh, I I was I did this. Uh, people are always saying I should get sponsored, so I thought you know the best thing to do is say uh, this is brought to you by Dick Fight Island. So this did you have you go. by the way, Sean? Sorry, did I what? Have you heard of this book? Like this is a manga came out last week. No. Uh, wow, that is an amazing cover. Yeah, isn't it though? I uh... <laughs> now you said that uh, only. Five percent of the uh, manga comes here from Japan, and most yeah. of it doesn't get here. Is this uh, good enough to make it to the Western world? It did, yeah. This this came to the U.S., so this this made it across. And this is indicative of a lot of stuff that just stays in Japan. By the way, <laughs> I think right. I like. Uh, I love that. Um, if if you were you know if you're running a shop and somebody comes in and they're like, I'm looking for something, you know, tropical island, dudes fighting, little clothes. You, you know exactly what to do. You're like, yeah. you want Dick Fight Island. Here you go. It, the book is made for people. Yeah. It's a shame, though, that came out that probably sunk like Steve Orlando's next uh, pitch at Image. Like, ah, oh, I, I pitched Dick Fight Island and we had to yeah. scrap it. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, opposite of like Bitch Planet versus Dick Fight Island? That This is the crossover yeah. we need. This is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Kelly Sue would love to be uh, to coordinate a book like that. Yeah, yeah, Dick Fight <laughs> Dick Fight Island. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, and I did want to say, uh, Joey mentioned it before you, you joined, but uh, okay, is the news you you got uh, Beckstar going to second printing? Is that the is that the word? Looks like that's gonna happen. I got some uh, bullet bourbon to okay. You're copyright to bourbon. Good for you. Yeah. No. I'll I'll get to water eventually. The night is young. Okay. Very good. <laughs> So yeah, and, I'm just gonna pour a little bourbon here. I love it. Uh, That's probably good, Sean. Because everything's kind of out of order. Um, we do have this interview coming up with Katana Collins uh, yeah. that you know should come up in the next few days. I, I wanted to mention so in that because there's another part of the questions. When are you getting back to cons? What when do you think you are getting back to conventions, or do you know yet? I've committed to uh, Seattle in December. Excellent. That's Excellent. the first one. I got a bunch of invites to do other shows in the summer, and I feel like that's a little optimistic. Um, and they have limited uh, limited attendance, so I don't know how limited that'll be. Uh, yeah. If I go, I'd, I'd like to make sure that I can make the money that I would have made if I had just stayed home and worked. So yeah. my gut says that the first big show is going to be people are dying to get out there and spend their nerd money that they've been yep. saving for a year and a half. So I think it'll be huge. Actually, I think the uh, collectibles market online will take a will will, will, will suffer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think I think you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of money spent, but this is good news. So if you're coming to Seattle, uh, definitely scotched on me. We're, we're going to have to go out, and this is when this is when we do the face reveal. I I, I mentioned yeah. before on the air, I, live on air, two of us drinking. This is what we should do. I'm honored that uh, uh, Perch. I almost called you your real name. Uh, that if we're in Seattle, we're face to face. I can be at your uh, your gender reveal party, so to speak. That's right, gender reveal. It's now so we got to get you out there too, Joe. So we should all it yeah. will be a party. Well, well you got to get a gender reveal bourbon, and depending on the color of the bourbon, if it's <laughs> if it's brown, there you're a human being. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> there you right. have it. There you go. Um, Isn't do you think one day we'll get to a point where we'll, we'll be so woke that a gender reveal part, 
party will be seen as a form of assault on yes. uh, who are you to determine the child? You have to, the child has to be self-aware before they reveal their own gender to themselves and to you. I think we've already had those conversations. Like, oh, yeah, okay. those. yeah. I haven't been on Twitter, so that might have been the outrage today for all I know. What was the outrage today? I went by. Yesterday was He-Man. What was the outrage? What, what was going on today, Joe? Oh, God, nothing I cared about. Like, it was, yeah. uh, there, there, are, there are people who are still complaining about not getting into a big two anthology. Yeah. yeah. Like, who yeah. who cares? And, and then there's, um, you know, uh, other, like, pros that, like, it's like people who are writing books that have marquee characters on them who, who are tweeting insane stuff. Like, oh, if if uh, I ever got a call from Marvel or DC, I'd write who whoever was available. And it's like, you're you're on a book, buddy. What <laughs> what are you what are you doing? Do yeah. you think yeah. any do you think editors there are like scrolling through and being like, this person's really desperate for work? This is who we want repping our, our right. company is, is someone who is constantly tweeting about how desperate they are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I had a, uh, so I'm working on another bad project and um, apparently this thing I'm doing touches close to a thing another artist is doing right now. Mm -hmm. And the editor who pinged me to say, hey, just so you know, we're doing a similar type of story. And it, was, it wasn't like a, we want you to change everything, because as far as I know, mine will sell more. Ha. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, I remember when, he, when, he, when, the, when my editor told me who this editor was, I immediately thought of all the dumb things this editor tweeted. And it made me, like, I hate to, it's that kind of argument where if you ever catch someone making one mistake, you just dismiss them forever. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy, but it's hard to ignore when an editor's saying, don't pay for Batman books. Just go download them on pirate sites. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I, it makes me, and it is, it is hard to come back. There's stuff that, gets said <laughs> that you, you don't want to judge people by one thing, but it's like some, some of those, it's hard not to forget it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we're all yeah. better. We're not all our worst tweet. Like I've tweeted dumb shit. I, I know. No, has, of course. I, oh, of there course. Is, <laughs> there's exceptionally bad tweets going on right now. Like there, there are some things like, uh, I don't want to get into it. Uh, in terms of the actual discussion here, I'm just bringing it up as something that has been a uh, discussion a lot is what's going on in the Middle East right now. Oh, yeah. And, and there are people who it's like you're trying you're trying to sell me a superhero book <laughs> and all all week you have been tweeting about this in certain terms and I might even agree with everything you're tweeting about it. But if I was trying to sell a superhero book and my claim to fame is superhero book writer or artist and not politician or civil rights activist, it's yeah. a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> just a little. I um, <laughs> just I was on the phone with J. Scott Campbell like an hour ago, yeah. uh, which is why I was running late. And Would you like um, half the questions here, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I complimented him on because uh, we're talking about outrage and all that stuff online. So, sure. I'm going to kind of there is a connection here. Um, and I complimented on how he turned what was sort of becoming an ugly fight into a very positive fight where, or positive movement where he put up his own piece of, uh, you know, Gwen wearing a Spider Man t shirt and said, let's see all you, let's see everybody else draw it. Like, it was like a fun thing. So, like, 
at least 500 students and artists and half more than half of them i think were women were redrawing this in their own style and some had like you know no boobs or big boobs or cartoony or it was one was a piece of leather and it was like really crazy to see all this stuff yeah. and i told them like the brilliant thing is uh we can apparently it's okay to attack j scott campbell for drawing boobs that are too big but if all these uh art school girls do it well you can't attack them so they kind of became his shield in a way. And I don't think it, uh, he would word it that way at all, but that's just kind of what I noticed was the convenient thing is like this, the, the conversation moved forward in a positive way. And I thought it was a brilliant move that he did that. Um, oh, yeah, like I, did. like you, Perch, I, I told him like, I wish you didn't have to apologize. I didn't see anything wrong with any of this from the beginning, mm -hmm. but yeah. you, if you lost sleep over it, I'm sorry, but you're the let you know that your newest move to do this like cost, you know, contest or whatever was, I think genius. And mm -hmm. uh, I think he got over like 600 more subscribers to his newsletter out of all this outrage. Like he thought yep. he was going to lose ground and it ended up just helping him. Mm -hmm. It was smart. And I, and so that is, I mean, a lot of the questions we have for you tonight, like what, what is your take on, uh, you know, quote unquote, fixed it for you? What do you, what do you, how do you feel <laughs> people do it? Um, briefly, I think if you're doing the fix it for you, you're probably be trying to be kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you are allowed to do that, of course. Uh, these creators do put themselves on Twitter, so part of doing that means you're going to get um, you're going to get people a platform to fuck with you, whether yeah. they intend to or not. And I think there is a subsect of people that really don't know that this is insulting. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to just assume everyone's being a dick, but mostly they're being dicks. Um, yeah, like I get it. Um, part of the price you pay of making it and being comic book famous lowercase f, uh, case f of course yeah. is uh people get to take shots at you like if you're a big name and you don't get trolled that's weird yeah part of making it is getting trolled unfortunately and it is what it is but i gotta say like j scott campbell has got a real good thick skin like more than most creators i think he's amazing mm -hmm. uh, rob liefeld has a really good thick skin i mean yeah. say what you want about him like he's able to take some hits right on the chest and seemingly not let it bother him so good for him. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and I think, uh, yeah, J. Scott Campbell is interesting to watch, and I, I hope more people do see it on whatever, wherever you come from, because he did he did handle most of it with grace. Like, yeah. And he had people coming at him from all directions, all over the place. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I, I thought he did a really good job of kind of tackling some of that. So, uh, by the way, I want to throw out the uh, hello to, uh, to Ben Templesmith. It's oh, good to see oh. you here. Hey there. Um, yeah, it's... It, it's insulting. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. I'm gonna fix you one day. No, I'm <laughs> Ben Temple Smith, somebody that uh, we're doing an interview with very, very shortly. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan of you, uh, Ben. I think you're you're awesome guy, and and the and always the nicest dressed in any convention. Oh my like. god, yeah, he looks like um, you know one of the uh, from the Matrix in the black suit. The guys just yeah. are always you know he just he's missing an earpiece and he would look like Secret Service. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was in town a while back. He's he uh, I think is sort of buddies with my local my LCS, and I met Ben briefly, and he was super nice. And uh, Ben, if you're listening, I, I wish we could hang out more, and uh, hopefully I can see you once COVID's over. Yeah, yeah. But you're you not allowed to dress better than me. That's a problem. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll tackle that. He said you can fix uh, fix him anytime, any way you want. So, but uh, that'd be a good collaboration. I. I, so many of the questions, by the way, people all ask this. So I, I guess I, I'm going to group a bunch together and just kind of get through the elephant in the room. People are saying, hey, um, 
are you continuing White Knight? I think I thought we covered this already, but are you continuing White Knight? What can you? A lot of people ask questions you can't answer, I think. But what what can you tell us about White Knight? Um, uh, it so everybody can read between the lines right now. Um, but I have to speak in a way where if my bosses Google it, they need to find that I haven't broken the rules. So I'm going to yes. step over some laser beams. Please it do. would be stupid of them not to give me volume three. Um, why would I not address Batman Beyond? Because Bruce is in jail at the end of Curse. Um, it seems like a great time to get into that stuff. Um, I hope that my, my book is finished. It'll be coming out early next year, assuming I'm doing a book. Uh, is that too on the nose or what? I think that works. Okay. I think that, that works for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, people are still waiting, uh, you know, a, a remarkable amount of questions that some were jokes, but some are serious saying, are you actually making City of Bruce? And no, I don't know. No, I didn't know. That was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> That was that Thanks. was April first, um, but hey, you know if we get the funding and we'll get Daniel Cherry to kind of give us a thumbs up, then if if all those things come into place, absolutely we'll do yeah. that. But but yeah. yes, that that was a joke, folks. That was not real. Yeah, I mean, if Batman Fortnite can sell gangbusters, I don't know why uh, City of Bruce couldn't just sell gangbangs. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Great choice of words, too. I wouldn't have yes. changed anything in that statement. I wouldn't <laughs> have either. Cheers. That fits very well. Um, there are... Uh, there are, there, there are, you, are you at least drinking Baileys with that, Joe? No, I'm just... No, this is... Uh, I, this is, I oh. switched over to uh, bourbon. Whiskey, sorry. I forgot. Yeah, yeah you, you did say that. Bourbon. I feel like Bullet is the good... If you're going to go bottom shelf, good value for money, I think Bullet's yeah. probably the way to go. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is uh, this is you got you got a lot for your money for the quality of, of uh, yeah. bourbon. Yeah. yeah, well said. Tito's too, surprisingly, distilled eight times. Who would have thought? Oh, totally. Yeah, Absolutely. crazy. And especially if you're mixing. I mean, good lord, mm -hmm. if you if you're mixing your whiskey with something, then don't don't buy top shelf whiskey. If yeah. No. No, God. That would be stupid. <laughs> Can we just talk about alcohol for 90 minutes? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> have you ever, have you been, I think we we talked about this once before, although I don't remember if we were, it was during an interview or we were just chatting, but uh, you, you've you come across people who take really expensive whiskey. I, I, I watched somebody take a, you know, a 30-year Macallan and mix it with sweet and sour mix. And uh, no. No. No, that is, that is actually in some countries legal grounds for physical assault. Yeah. <laughs> Should no. be in this one. Yeah, so I see a lot of people in the chat and definitely other people. I mean, please, uh, I mean, we, we, you know, obviously we, we can't, Trump can't answer a lot of the questions you're asking right now. But, um, I, well, we'll do this. Let's say in some, well, no, I don't even want to do this way. Like, would you like, like, Bat, the White Knight universe, would yeah. you like other characters to play in that besides Batman? Yeah. Um, I would love it if this is my tone of voice I'm going to use when I'm walking over laser beams. Yeah. I would love it if Jason Todd was, you know, sincerely featured in uh, Volume Three. I would love it if he even had a one, a one issue spinoff. Um, Excellent, yeah, that would be, yeah. be nice. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I do. Uh, it would be crazy of me not to eventually get to the creation of the Justice League mm. in my world. And uh, at that point, if I retire, it would be crazy not to allow other creators to come in and write uh, in the White Knight universe. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I can see two versions of this. One version is I just keep my head down, I be a lone gun, and I just do what I do, and I, I, I quit at some point. Version two is I blow up the White Knight universe and get more talent in to write books and take, you know, like I, I don't have anything to say about Wonder Woman mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but I know writers sure. who do. And if they can oh, yeah. tackle Wonder Woman in a White Knight universe, then have at it. Like I'm happy to allow it to expand. And so I feel like yeah. if I push White Knight hard enough, I could probably get it to equal like 20% of DC sales mm-hmm. in a few years. But doing that means I have to be a manager and I don't know if I'm, yeah. wired that way yeah no yeah that's absolutely fair um here's here's maybe something more more easy to answer uh did white knight batgirl actually think her mask was hiding anything uh superman thinks his glasses hide a lot so <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay that's it's comic book logic come on yeah i know i yeah. mean people were like oh because her her cow is smaller who wouldn't tell this like you know voracious redhead is clearly Barbara Gordon. I get that. But then again, Superman just wears glasses and nobody knows that he's Clark Kent. So, or whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. I absolutely. How about, yeah. uh, I, I mean, and, and the twins that, that showed up, uh, they'd, they'd be nice characters to feature more at some point. right? Yeah. So if I did do volume three, it would be nice if the twins <laughs> were grown up and yeah. one of them possibly would become more Joker like, and the other would possibly become more Jack like or Harley like. Oh, so that'd kid, be yeah. Kid, bad kid. I imagine like going to daycare or preschool when you're like six and everyone knows that Joker's your dad and like are the kids really supposed to run up and play with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. it's funny cuz in your universe the Joker has twins and in reality uh the Olsen twins killed the Joker. Oh, uh, that's true. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we have the Olsons as a guest. I mean, it would be crazy not to have the Olsons guest writing a bunch of issues. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I think, uh, well, people will just have to kind of read. I'm looking for other questions that could reasonably answer here. Um, how about this? I can't see the questions, by the way. I, I'm just looking at, can, can I see the questions too? Or? No, no, I've just got, I, I, I put put everything in, in words. Oh. Like, so like, people are like, why is, Sean, why is Sean such a fucking asshole? You're like, you're not reading those? It, it's me. Yeah, you could blame me for sure. Okay, it's fine. Uh, absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, how about Batman White Knight versus main DCU Batman? Who wins? Uh, <laughs> who's writing the other Batman? It's you. It's you. You're writing everything. Oh, I'm writing about, okay, man. So this is like a multiverse and my Batman enters the real the universe. Yeah, he would beat, he would, I would, my Batman would win because he would beat the shit out of mainstream Batman, mainline Batman, because he would attack him right after he failed to get married to Catwoman. So he would pick it, you know, get, attack him at his lowest point, you know, pull his cape over his face and suffocate him. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I like it. Well, how long uh, before the White Knight universe develops its own multiverse, omniverse, and linearverse. <laughs> yeah, I, good question, man. This is why I'm happy for other writers to step in. Like, I, I, I don't mean this, uh, I'm not trying to be modest here. Like, I don't consider myself to be like a real writer. I haven't been trained for this. I didn't go to school for it. Uh, like when my friend Scott Snyder writes five books a month, I don't know how he does that. I don't have a whiteboard and spreadsheets and I just I can do one book at a time, um, and if I'm drawing it, then I can make it better. But I would never say I'm a real writer like the way that other writers are, like the way Joe is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now it's your turn to say something. Oh no. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is so awkward now. Um, yeah. Come well, on, Mr. Second, second Printing. Well, yeah. you know, just um, going back to the linear verse for a moment. Oh, geez. How do people age in the White Knight universe? Is it similar to how people age in the normal DC universe, whatever that means now, or do they age slower? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I tried. <laughs> I had a bit where Mr. Freeze was in World War II, and I really mm -hmm. tried to make the math make sense. Mm -hmm. So if Bruce is like 55 in my universe, he could plausibly be born 10 years, uh, like in 1955. So Freeze would have been here for five years. Like I, I did try mm -hmm. to go through it, but then I listened to a bunch of videos by Perch where he's like, why do people care about this shit? No one really cares. Why do companies try to keep track of the timeline? No one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I'm ruining comics. Well, it or could be like a sliding scale, like like um, how they do it over at Marvel, where like the Dark Phoenix saga took place like eight years ago, back when yeah. everyone was wearing bell bottoms and complaining yeah. about the death of Disco and Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Nobody cares. Everybody yeah. just drinking out of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like the secret of comics. Yeah, yeah exactly. How yeah. about, how about uh, I love this question because this is one you can answer without any laser beams here. It, would White Knight Superman, assuming there was such a thing, have a useless vehicle like the Spider-Mobile, and what car would it be? And and who the hell answered asked that question? Uh, okay. So, is Jerry uh, Conway in the chat? Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of car would Superman have? Um, well, you know, being an all-American goody two-shoes, I don't know, like a <laughs> like a Dodge Caravan. <laughs> Dodge Caravan. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Superman flies and he runs. Real I don't know why he would ever need a car. I never thought about like a Superman car. Um, it's a good question. I, I love. Is it though? Really? I mean, it's a it's a strange question. Yeah, like a Superman had a car. So let's say his powers are taken away from him, and you need to get them back. This is what I would do with Superman. No powers, and he's got to get from A to B, and he's a fast car. So I'm guessing he would go to Batman and be like, can I borrow one of yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm putting way too much thought into this. I apologize. No, no I, that's, that's I, 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 I love – so somebody just asked a question in the chat, but it's also one that somebody asked before, and it's an interesting one. How about you – so in your, your you know, loving of Batman or whatever, do you prefer pre-crisis Batman or post-crisis Batman? Do you have a favorite Batman? Which one is the TIS Batman? Uh oh, okay. That'd be post crisis, I guess. Yeah, that's um, I yeah, that's the one. That's my Bible to go to go off of, honestly. Okay, um, I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't uh, read as much as I should. Actually, that's why I'm glad that Joe is here too. Because when you guys start breaking down what's coming out or whatever, I can just sit here quietly pretending that I understand <laughs> what you're talking about. Well, we'll we'll break down some of what's coming up uh, because I mean, half the chat is interested in seeing a reaction to Dynamite's covers here in a few minutes. But uh, we're yeah, we'll, we'll do that while we answer questions and everything else. Uh, I, this also got I, I would say a lot of questions. Uh, I mean, at least five people asked this, and I think if, if and that doesn't sound like a ton, but but they're asking in the chat as well. <laughs> I know five people. Hey, I don't know what I'm even saying right now. Um, that's enough for a barbecue. Yeah, that's that's better than some comics. Hey, why not? Oh, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> will there by be five? A, will there be a White Knight Artist Edition? How? how uh, I hope so. Um, you're talking about like 11 by 17, um, printing yeah. out the raw files, basically. Exactly. Yeah, just something. Well, I mean, there's a couple different ways to do it, but something, you know, basically one that focuses more on kind of the, the original art yeah. and, and kind of some of your concept designs and that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I hope so. I think that they would be dumb not to put out Absolute Edition at some point. Um, or, I mean, I have no idea if they're ever going to do an animation of my stuff, but they seem to get around to doing their best-selling stuff. So I'd imagine at some point they're going to be like, yeah. hey, we're going to make a thing of your book. So, wow, that is a dynamite cover. <laughs> I know. That this is, is a dynamite cover. There you go. But uh, I, I we'll just kind of go through this while we talk. But anyway, this is a blaze. So the blaze is bringing the heat, uh, apparently. So, uh, uh, excellent. Nice. Okay, well, all right. So I, what's funny, though, is I see this question comes up a ton. And uh, people are asking in the chat as well. It feels like easy money. I agree. Uh, so for my plot holes campaign on Indiegogo, <clears throat> I, it doesn't cost me much to print out 11 by 17 raw images of the art. It's like four bucks a unit, five bucks a unit, and people will pay sometimes for that, like 50 bucks. Uh, I don't know why they don't do more of these things because, I mean, people are really shy about spending five bucks on a comic, but if you give them a comic that's or two comics combined that's raw and 11 by 17, I mean, that's what IDW did, reprinting old Daredevil and whatnot, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they did the whole Born Again, uh, Oversight. Right. Yeah. Like, why, why was it that they were, okay, they were able to make money on that, but Marvel couldn't be bothered? I, I agree. No, I mean, it, it, it's, in many cases, this work's being produced. I mean, especially because you're writing and drawing. I mean, you have, I'm assuming, so much kind of director's cut material, it would be, almost not not free money but as close to it as you can get yeah i would assume too but um i mean isn't your channel mostly about how a lot of people in comics are not that good at their jobs <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible i i yeah i i actually i was on a call earlier today and it's like i, I love your channel but it's like you must think that most of the people in comics are idiots and i'm like well no but maybe a little bit i'm like it, it it's it's painful to think about it that way, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any, uh, well, so now we'll give Sean a break here. It, Joe, you, you can help me out. Here's the stuff. This is comics coming out next week, and um, a little bit of a misnomer though. I, it's only five pages. That's good news. However, I did have to reduce the font size because we do have a lot more coming out next week. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, it's a sh yeah. Shame. I, I Sean, offhand, how many comics do you think it just? ballpark would you think is enough like that a, that a store could reasonably kind of figure out how many <laughs> what would you say if you're like to pick a number out of the air like don't do more than this what would you say um so um uh, see i'd say you know 25 for marvel 25 for dc i'd say no more than 80 to 100 okay so for a month We've been hitting those numbers lately. Uh, unfortunately, next week I think we go up over 150. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to digest. If you're an underpaid comics provider who's barely making enough to get by under COVID, you're expected to go through 150 different titles and figure out how many units you need to buy of each. It's no, no mean, thank you. Unfortunately, I think most of the things on the page we're on right now probably. What, what's weird is is Almost all this page are companies that start with letter A because they're trying to come to the top of the catalog. Right. But I'm guessing that most of these comics are getting passed over. People are going to Marvel. The retailers are going to Marvel, DC, Image, kind of working their way down. And then this, right. this becomes kind of the remnant. Like, I'm a massive Zorro fan. So Zorro, Land the Time Forgot, might be on my radar. But I don't think my shop orders anything from American mythology. 
Yeah, that's fair. They they have really high page rates too. Uh, I'm joking. They don't. But um, <laughs> do you? Is part of why you love Zorro is because in a way he did create Batman. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think um, I've always been into swashbuckling and fencing and those sorts, Robin Hood, that kind of stuff. Sure. And uh, my as a kid, my parents were too cheap, and they didn't buy wouldn't buy cable. So there was this show on Zorro on the Family Channel, and I couldn't get it. So I'd, I'd run over to my friend's house and try to watch it, and it was like this unattainable thing. Right. And I think like it just never really left me. Um, and since then, like I'll go back, and I'm a big Toth fan, and some of his best stuff sure. is the Zorro stuff. And uh, I'm such a Zorro and Toth snob that it's hard mm -hmm. for me to. Um, look at anybody draw Zorro that isn't Toth. Like if it's not Toth, it doesn't look right to me. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would love to throw my hat in the ring. Um, like it's just one of those things where you read Zorro books and you're like, this isn't the way I would do it. So I need to try to do this myself. So I'd like to someday get my hands on Zorro to do something. Um, it wouldn't be as good as Toth, but like, I always preface this with saying that nobody would give a shit about Zorro except for me. Like I understand that, but as far as uh, because it's related to Batman, the answer should be yes, but it's not. <laughs> and and um, since you're a swashbuckling fan, like after you, um, you know, reimagine Zorro and, and make it yeah. your own, would you just go through all the other swashbucklers? Is it like, Terry and the Pirates better watch out, you know, Milton <laughs> you're next, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think Robin Hood is public domain. So Robin Hood tri time travels to 1984 and teams up with Michael Knight and they go on adventures together inside of Kit. Uh, I would be yeah. the only person to read that comic, but I think it would be great. I, I think there's a lot you could do that property. Um, <laughs> we, we we move to the next kind of so uh, yeah, obviously something by Ed Pascor, a cartoonist cafe, which is a great channel. There's a lot of uh, uh, great oh. great content over there as well. Yeah, um, I, I I I love him. I, I've met Ed a couple of times. I sat at the same table for the Ringo Awards as Ed in 2018, and I felt awful because I won an award and he didn't that year. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, I'm, you're Ed Piscor, and I, I'm sorry. I don't, yeah. this is, this is awkward now. Like, <laughs> right. Joe, Joe, did you ever meet a creator and lose your shit? And Perch, same to you. Mm -hmm. uh, not really. I, I feel like I didn't start meeting people until I was like a an adult in comics. So like I was... There are no I, adults in comics. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but like, no, there's, there's never anyone I was like, oh my God, I can't believe... Because a lot of times when you meet like some of the, the bigger uh, people in comics, it's sad because it's at like a dinky little convention and they're yeah. hunched over and no one's at the table. Like, um, like, uh, what was it? Or, or, um, like I met, I've met Chris Claremont a ton of times cause it's New York, mm -hmm. New York area. And like, I remember I gave him a, a to sign like a couple hardcovers. I think I, I had the uh, Proteus hardcover they made and he's looking through it. And as he's doing it, I realize, like, it takes me a few seconds, but I'm like, oh, he's looking through it this way because the, Marvel never gave him a comp copy of it. Like, oh, he's, like, man. looking through to be like, oh, how did this, like... Yeah, I've done that. That's interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, um, it, yeah I mean, I don't really care. Like, I've met I, I've met a bunch of people I wanted to yeah to meet. I don't... I, I, I've never been into that. I've... Um, yeah. 
you know, I've I've met a bunch of people. I, I did, uh, you know, political campaign work. I, I've gone and, and met like celebrities and stuff like that at things like, you yeah. know, I, I was at like a fundraiser and it was like at like Mark Ruffalo's like place in like Union Square and like, uh, you right. know, like Joaquin Phoenix is there. I'm like, I don't give a shit about. Oh, uh, you're playing it cool there. Like, yeah, it's man. like, whatever. Way to subtle low-key name drop. Yeah. So, good job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know who who's really good at name dropping? Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but here's the thing. I, it, it, to build off that, some of it comes from one of my younger brothers. He's friends with uh, Kevin Bacon's son because they're they're in hardcore bands and they play. So like Kevin Bacon's gone and seen like my brother play shows and stuff like that. Right. And, and he's cooler about this stuff than me. Like I don't give a shit. He he's next level. Like um, yeah. he was telling me once he was you know it's like oh you know they like Kevin Bacon's like family like invited him to like like a big New Year's party they were having. I was like oh are you gonna go? He's like no. Why would I go to that? <laughs> I, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is, I mean, not, not embarrassing, but I mean, I uh, the, the guy, I not lost it, but I just, it was one of those cases where I prepared myself. Um, I got to meet Stan Lee uh, a, 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 several years ago. And I was like, I was ready for kind of the show that is Stan Lee. And, uh, you know, I was like, I, I you know, I, I'm used to his kind of carnival barker type stuff and everything else. And then I met him and it's like, oh, I'm suckered in. You're, you're wonderful. You're, you're just, oh, you're so energetic. And I, I felt like the biggest clown, but. Um, uh, that was his magic, man. I think he, yeah. I think that kept him alive yeah. for a long I, time. He, uh, yeah. I was, you know, not to name drop, but J. Scott Campbell said yeah. that, uh, uh, that uh, Stan just ate that stuff up. He just loved it. And uh, it just kept him going, gave him reason to just keep going on. And he just never had a, you know, always had extra energy for a 90 something year old. And uh, when he had new handlers, whoever, whatever company he hired to handle him said he should like, you know, back off of going to shows. He thinks that that's what sort of led to, you know, yeah. um, him losing his energy and all that. So yeah. I, I never met him. I, I was in an elevator with Stan Lee once. I stared at the back of his head, uh, but he didn't know who I was. And I was nobody at the time. Yeah. I just got lucky. But uh, no, I never really spoke to him. No, I, you know, I, I, I could keep bringing the room down by following up what you were saying, because Jim Salakrup. <laughs> yeah, J Jim Salakrup had told me this a, a few years ago. Um, he had talked to Stan. This was probably like 2013, 14. And, yeah. um, you know, it was talking to Stan, you know, like in the like the hangout room at like a con where, you know, the other guests like kind of mingle. And he, he was just like, you know, you, you, you sort of like done everything. You, you've, you've done all this stuff. You got to be like, you, you know, content with all this stuff. And, and Stan in that moment was very open and, yeah. and was just told Jim, he's like, I really want another like 20 years. I got other ideas. I got these other things I really want to do. And yeah. I, yeah. I know, I know I've gotten to do the, these things, but like, I, I, I want another 20 years. I want to, I, I want, I had these things. I want to do them and, and yeah, I want to yeah. get it out there, you know? And it's like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, no, I mean, he was, he was very fun. I mean, he was just fun to talk to and, and, uh, and it, you know, we'll do one more and we'll, we'll get to the butts that everybody wants to see out of dynamite. Oh boy. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the other, this is, this is, uh, mumbles will immediately make fun of me here, but, um, 
I met Florence Henderson and got to spend some time with with her. Obviously not comics, but uh, that was somebody that was like super fun because uh, she was not she was not mom in real life. She she was very salty in the kind of the words she would say, and yeah. she liked to she liked to hug. Um, and there was there's a lot going on with Florence Henderson, and that was a that was a, a fun moment. I, she's so there you go. So I'm yeah. I'm old. there you go. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah. There. 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 You go. So. Uh, so, Sean. Um, so here's our dynamite gallery of the week. Um, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Do you can a can a company um, like this this works for them, right? I mean, this is it does it does yeah yeah. Honestly, no one else is doing it. I mean, uh, uh, I've heard Marvel covers get rejected because they showed thigh gap, but thigh. then other Marvel covers show thigh gap, uh, and if there are people that want to provide this kind of content to customers. And if the big two aren't doing it, then somebody should, well, Yeah, you know, and I know women that read this stuff too. Like people love it. it it's, I don't, I don't think it's offensive. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, you are the buyer. So, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're offended, you don't buy it and then no problem. I yep. mean, it is, uh, it's uh, that sacred six cover though. Like what, what do you, what do you make of that? Like, yeah, but, but here's the thing though. This is a, this is a, devastating week for ass lovers everywhere it is yeah yeah they that is true i i don't know if uh you know I mean, it's funny he'll question like where are her organs her organs are in her ass and thighs that works yeah i uh no i i mean i don't know if nick's watching but um but yeah i mean it's working for you so it, it's it's great but i i'm i am I, I would love to see the art direction for sacred six right there yeah. right? just what was going on there because there's a lot going on on that cover yeah there are uh, statue companies that I'm working with to do uh, statues of DC stuff. And uh, the limitations the publishers put on statue companies is insane. Like they, I know that everybody wants to be woke or whatever, but the statue companies know that if they made statues of stuff like this, it would sell like crazy to men and women, uh, mostly to men. <laughs> yeah. But um, there is a market for this and they want this stuff, but they're almost getting tired of paying money for licenses where the publishers won't allow them to just do a statue that has thigh gap, for example. And the, the annoying thing for them is the, the rules are always changing about what they're allowed to do. So I had a company um, come up to me and they wanted to do a Nazrael statue. And, uh, and uh, they're like, well, we want him holding a sword, but he can't hold it in a threatening way. And I go, okay, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sword. And they're like, yeah, but it can't be the threatening. It has to be like a casual holding. Like, okay. And they go, oh, and it can't have blood on it. Um, so can you do that? And I go, is this from, I mean, if they made an Azrael movie that was rated R, the sword would be held in a threatening way and it would definitely have blood on it at some point. What is going on with the disconnect between comics thinking and me mass market media thinking? Well, I mean, part of it may have to do with the fact that like, uh, you know, John Wick was a massive failure and nobody liked that and it made no money and everybody was like, why is this so violent? It's Actually, it's Perch, so you're wrong. You haven't heard that movie actually made a lot of money. What? I, yeah, I know. Oh my God. Thought. I had, no it had yet, and it had Keanu Reeves, who was from that failed comic book Kickstarter. I don't know if you heard about that. Yes, I, I, it was a complete bust. It took money out of everybody's pockets, but there weren't any money made, that was made, so it wasn't a problem. No, yep. barely any this, is, yeah. this is all making me think about that. The uh, the first Ninja Turtles movie from like 1990, um, which if you watch now is a really scathing indictment of the Dinkins administration. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
I was wondering but, if he was going to come up. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dinkins comes up every stream. You just got to wait for it. That's what um, his wife says. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not, not anymore. He's Dang. dead. But yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> so that movie was one of, if not like, it was the most like successful independent film at the time it had come out. And for the sequel, they got completely neutered. Yeah, and it, because the studio was like, "Boy, we sure made a lot of money. If we want to do more of this, we better take away everything that made this a hit." And then it didn't do as well. Yeah, they weren't allowed to use their weapons and like all That's these stupid. sorts of yeah. weird things. And it's like, "You're why are you getting in the way of the thing that made you money? Like you were yeah. making all this money, and then you're like, no, get away from me.' Yeah, like, like if I own a statue company, I'll go after Marvel because I don't work for them." If I own a statue company and I want an IP and I want to do a sexy statue and I go to Marvel and I say, I want to pay for a Psylocke statue and they go, okay, but you can't have thigh gap. I'm going to say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm just going to do a statue of a girl who's a ninja in blue and she's going to have thigh gap. And that will sell better than the statue that you want of, you know, Psylocke reading the Bible with a full gown or whatever. I mean, that's the, I don't blame them for getting annoyed at these uh, paying for these IPs when there's all these rules attached to them. Uh, it's absolute madness. I, I yeah. don't get it at all. I, I this so we we have so we're back to sorry folks, uh, we're back to comics. But um, oh no, the the I know the the winners, the <laughs> DC comes in as the winner this week of the highest numbered comics. Looney Tunes number two hundred sixty is is the highest numbered comic coming out this week. So yeah, way yeah, to go. Highest number of what, what do you mean? Like that sold the number one? Oh no! What I'm I'm I'm, I'm an idiot actually. So oh, the Flash, I, yeah, the Flash. flash. I look three so, down, yeah. so I'm a, a big dumbass there. there You're you fine. Yeah, it's, it's a whiskey, folks. And there you uh, go. Saying is uh, that a Cliff Chang cover? That looks really good. Looks like Cliff's work. It this, does look great. No, this is uh, Julie Jones, isn't it? Oh. I think that's Joelle Jones. Yeah, she yeah, she's Jones. great. I, I I've really uh, I've, I've been a fan ever since I oh it, heard of is her. it I know Joelle. I'm pretty sure that's Joel. Yeah, sorry. Okay, it's it's yeah. all time. No, it's good. Cliff's no, great, so. great too. But um, yeah. Now, is but Joel's obviously better. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, but how how do you like uh, Yara Floor? Are you are you into this, Sean? Uh, I don't know who that is. It's Wonder Girl. That's that's oh. the, yeah. So, uh, how long has Yara Floor been around? Uh, since January. Okay. Uh, is it selling well? We don't really know yet. This is the first issue in the <laughs> state. So, but they designed this costume with a significant amount of thigh showing, and that seemed to be right. a good plan. Well, you know, she's not male gazy. Like, she looks pretty pissed off and angry. She's got a sword. Like, I don't find this offensive. But yeah. I go, she's wearing more than what you see at the beach. Sure. I mean, yeah. her organs obviously fit inside of her chest, so that's the good. Organ, the so, organs back in there, yeah. So, in in all seriousness, I, I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be rude here. If anyone on the team's listening, I'm not trying to be rude. Doesn't it feel like Batman Catwoman has been going on for like 90 years at this point? Like it feels like this has been happening forever. Like I I, I don't know what it is about this book, but I'm like, was there a time this book wasn't? coming out what's going on it just well, feels like can't it's have sean answer this <laughs> no no wait, wait, what does that have to do with catwoman is your floor connected to catwoman i think he no, hopped. no. He, he I, just... I was i was hopping around because there's nothing to talk about with wonder girl because this yep. is her first issue oh, sorry okay i missed this <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I uh, this book does seem like it's been going on forever. It's weird to see that it's just hitting the midway point. That is that is a uh, that is kind of strange to kind of wrap your head around. But yeah, it's it, like I oh, love it. God. Joelle Jones about- is one of my favorite people in comics. I was sitting hanging out with her, she used to be a bartender, so she nice. she's, she sees some shit. And uh, her and her husband, like every time I get a moment to go and see them at a show, it's always refreshing to see like very grounded, normal creators out there. You know, That's you guys awesome. ever met Joelle? Yes, uh, I like Joelle. Um, I, I'll pronounce the name correctly. Uh, yes, I, I I haven't heard the bar stories though, so now I feel like I missed out. Well, uh, I'll tell you in Seattle. Okay, perfect. How <laughs> actually on this topic, it was one of the questions that has been asked multiple places now. Uh, other, you're you're a writer artist. Who are some other writer artists that, that you really like? Um, you know, I got a lot of the stuff that I read back in the aughts were uh, drawn a quarterly type people. I got really into the underground indie stuff, um, nice. like Berlin, Jason Lutz, and, um, you know, uh, Blankets by Craig Thompson. And, that one's great. Um, I loved uh, what Paul Pope did with 100%. I thought it was one of my mm-hmm. favorite vertical books of that, that era. Uh, and I always really admired artists who wrote them, their own stuff, you know, Mignola as well, Miller, um, Chris Ware, um, yeah, uh, Jim Holdaway, did he write his own stuff too? The British guy. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but there's very, there's far and few between them. Like who is, in mainstream comics right now, who is a writer, artist that's actually uh, putting out books on a regular basis that you can, you know, set your set your watch by? There's not many. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, years ago I was at Vertigo and I was talking with Karen Berger and I was like, I want to be like Paul Pope. Just tell me how to be Paul Pope. Like, I got this book I want to do called Punk Rock Jesus. Like, how did Paul do his thing? Like, can I just be like the next Paul Pope? Um, and mm-hmm. uh, she, she was like, yeah. And she sort of laid out for me what Paul did, which was very helpful. Um, I didn't have the backing that Paul did. Uh, I shouldn't get into that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to get into that. That was sort of what I laid out. And I, I sort of tried to follow in the footsteps. Like I want to be like Mike Mignola this way. I want to be like Frank Miller. That. I want to be like Paul Pope. I want to this and that. And uh, I want to sort of keep on a regular schedule. I don't want to let my ego get the best of me. I want to, uh, I don't want to disappear for 10 years and come back out of nowhere. Like I want to have like more of like a business mind. Like if, um, you know, Frank Miller had never, if he had done dark Knight two and three, uh, within 10 years, if he didn't take a break, if he was trying to coordinate things correctly uh, to do spinoffs. Like, I think that there's, that's kind of what I've been shooting for, if that makes sense. Sorry, that's a really complicated way to answer the question. No, no, that, that were, and it, it actually, um, it, Todd McFarlane it gets uh, coming yeah. up. Another one. Yeah. How about, uh, so you're doing some work for some, you're doing something for Spawn, right? <laughs> uh, I did a variant cover. That's okay, it. very good. Yeah, you Todd, got announced, but that announcement was unclear about who was doing what. Like, it's what okay. was it? It's all right. You know what? Todd, he didn't say anything that wasn't untrue. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. involved in anything beyond a, a variant cover. Uh, and I'm, I'm exclusive with DC for another, you know, 18 months. So, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, okay. How about, uh, so we'll move on to, this is uh, a video game question. Did Sean ever play Assassin's Creed video games? Because I reread Curse, and my suspicion is very strong. You did. Does that? What do you think? Uh, I played Assassin's Creed um, Three. No, the one where you're pirates, uh, Black Flag. I played that after I read Curse or wrote Curse. Honestly, 
Um, a lot of the information from Curse came from, um, I read like a bunch of pirate books. I just got really, oh, sorry. I got really interested in democracy in a pure form. And I fell into pirate lifestyle and the pirate code, which is like okay. the only true democracy ever. And I did this deep dive and I, I started to get this idea of, I read a lot about New York in the 1600s and I thought, man, this, this could be like Gotham City. What if Bruce Wayne's family went all the way back to like pirate times in New York or, you know, Gotham in this case. So I kind of based it off of that. Um, that was my main source of research. But yeah, if you play Assassin's Creed Black Flag, a lot of the stuff that that plot was written off of were the books that I read. So I think we're drawing from the same source material. Okay, excellent. And and it may be somewhat related. I, or I'm not sure. I, I played Assassin's Creed, but I don't recall this being part of the game. There is, is this why Batman has the super high boots? Because of Assassin's Creed? You know, no, but that's my one maybe regret is uh, Batman's whore boots. <laughs> Die high prostitute oh, no. boots. I, I, you know, I, and I remember the first sketch. I'm like, I don't want him wearing underwear. I want him right. to wear tall boots. And why wouldn't you extend the boots to protect the thighs as well? Like it makes sense. And it didn't occur to me that it made him look like a prostitute. So when I draw him in those boots, I'm constantly trying to draw them in like a cool way, in a masculine way, and not a prostitute way. And um, it's funny because I've seen a lot of artists draw that suit, and it—I don't think they get it. I don't think they pulled it off yet. You really got to think of his thighs as tree trunks. Where he's so masculine, and even in these thigh-high boots, it doesn't matter. He looks fucking cool. Um, in hindsight, do I wish I had given him normal boots? Eh, sometimes, but at this point, my bed is made. I just have to, <laughs> have to sleep in it. <laughs> well, he's in jail now, so he has no boots. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, what what cover is this? Where you're allowed to show full-on? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I like the uh, yeah the girl who who electrified Tesla, which is. Um, a lot of things going on here, but I, I like how the colorist is like, screw it. I'm not paying attention to any of these lines. Is that, yeah. Was that what went on there? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so the, are the panties see-through and they're covering the JJ, and that's why it's okay to show it on a cover. Like why not just have her naked at this point? All I know is I, I was just demonetized. So that's, that's great. <laughs> um, perfect. I, I don't, I, I actually don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about, uh, so this is our, this is it. This is, is what we got here. Um, are you reading much Marvel? Cause a lot of the questions are like, I, and I, every time it's like, if you could do a Marvel character, what, what would you, you, you know, see so your white knight, but with Marvel, who would it be? Um, I would love to do um, a Logan story okay. or uh, I have an idea for a story called Gambit hot pink. And <laughs> It's a four-issue series about why he wears hot pink. And I want it to be like a cutting Eisner award-winning, like legit. Like you buy the book, like, ha-ha, Gambit, hot pink, whatever. Murphy has a sense of humor. But as you start reading, you're like, holy shit, this is like the deepest Gambit story I've ever read. I would love to do that. But I don't have a great relationship with Marvel, so I'm not. Um, so there you go. <laughs> well, my understanding is that if you go into the building and you just say, I want to do an X book, they give it to you. That, that I think is the strategy they're using, right? Yeah, now. I, I could show Marvel spreadsheet. I'm like, listen, I know that my page rate is something you don't want to pay, but if you gave me Gambit Hot Pink, uh, I can guarantee you X, Y, Z. You don't even have to give me, I'll pay for my own editor. Uh, I will make this easy for you. Um, I don't think they would go for it. I think I'm 
probably a popular conversation around the water cooler because uh, I don't know. It, it's weird. I did the Wolverine ABC things a while back and uh, they sent, they got legal on me. So I got legal back on them. And since then I just haven't had a good relationship with them. Uh, it, it, anything can happen, but yeah, I, 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 I understand. I, yeah. I, I, I love you. It's a shame that these characters are locked up. Honestly, one day I, I want to, I almost want the star Wars comics to fail so that they'll start licensing them. And then I could pay for the license and just do a Han Solo story without bothering working with Marvel Comics. I actually thought about reaching out to IDW, pitching something to see, like, is there a way to do a Han Solo story my way and put it out for you guys and not have to deal with Marvel so much? Yeah, um, maybe that's the route. You kind of yeah. get in that way. You, you create your new uh, House of X, Powers of Ten, but it's it's through IDW, yeah. so it's this end around. That's a, that could be a way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have good experience with Marvel. I haven't. Uh, I don't think any of this is controversial. So don't yeah. get your panties in a, in a twist. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, how about, uh, and, and obviously, yes, as we established earlier, I am an idiot who can't count. So it's not Looney Tunes, but Flash is our highest number comic. Yeah. But uh, uh, Sean, so tell us about plot holes. You, you did your campaign. A lot of the questions were uh, like, well, all over the place, like, uh, you know, uh, what genre did you enjoy drawing most in, in plot holes? Um, yeah, so I did this Indiegogo called Plot Holes. It unifies a bunch of genres. So there's a team, like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. One of the team members is a manga character. One is a comic strip character. One is a comic book artist and blah, 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 blah. Um, I really enjoyed drawing the manga stuff. And uh, I had to sort of like figure out how to draw the eyes. It took me a, a few pages to really figure out how to like translate it into my style. So when you get your book, you'll see like, you know, the first time I draw Johnny manga, his eyes are, they're manga, but they're kind of wonky. Um, and then you get to these black and white pages, which uh, I sent to Perch. Um, and I felt like I very much came into my own. And uh, I'm half joking when I say, I, I really want to learn how to draw manga better because that might be the only way for someone like me to make money in the future. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I, I think, God, that's a whole other topic, but um, yep. uh, the, the, the title looks great. People ask, so when, when is it shipping? Do you have a date? So uh, yeah, we have, it's done. The art's done. We're, I'm waiting for colors and lettering and we need to do the copy, but we can, we're going to ship out the first three PDFs in the next few weeks and then ship out the last three. Uh, and then we have to submit it to our printers in China and we're going to get that. So we're actually a month behind. I, I do apologize. Um, we had a kerfuffle with colorists and I had to switch colorists halfway through, which cost us a month. Um, uh, but considering most crowdfundings are like a year late, I think a month or two late isn't that bad, but if you want to get mad, I understand, but I, I, I am sorry that it's slightly late. How about, um, it's kind of an odd question, but it, uh, this came up multiple times too. The vampire hunter lady in plot holes looked awesome. Are we going to be seeing a lot of her? Yeah, um, she is. Uh, uh, she's cool. She's the pirate character who's like an assassin slash vampire. And uh, yeah, um, I have. I gave her her own cover. I don't know if I posted that. I should, but uh, I really love her. Um, I have a lot of beta readers uh, check it out just to make sure that my script wasn't totally off base. And they all really like that her razor, El Razor, uh, La Razor is her name. And the reason I created like a French, uh, sorry, a, a French pirate uh, type character is because a lot of my sales do really well in France. And uh, like Punk Rock Jesus, I sold like 25,000 
graphic novels of punk rock Jesus in France alone in the past eight years. So whatever it is about my stuff in France. So I, when I made the plot holes, I wanted to have a character that was just purely French, just to like, just to give it to them just as a thank you to see what happens. So I appreciate that you're interested in the character and thank you for checking it out. Anybody who's listening who supported it, thank you. I'm sorry we're like a month or two late, but uh, you'll get your you'll get your shit. Don't worry. It, it looks great. Um, I mean, what you shared with me looked uh, actually you know, quite incredible. And um, yeah, I, I read it to my older daughter and, and she was confused but liked it. So that was great. Uh. <laughs> it was it was all good. Yeah. Uh, it's so no how about... <laughs> How about uh, what do you think about manga? A lot of the questions because there's a lot of topic this there's a lot of questions this week and conversation and, and Joe for you as well about manga and is manga. I feel like this week people kind of seem to wake up to the fact that manga is selling really well. It was it was weird how this week for the first time we started seeing a lot of people going oh shit it's making a lot of money and it it kind of came out of nowhere. But what's your what's your take on all this? And and these books, by the way, are, are books that are coming out next week, and it's more an illustration of how insane uh, manga is with some of the things they put out. Yeah, Joe, I think Joe should talk. I've been talking for a while. There no, you. no, no, you're, you're fine. But uh, the way of the house husband's on uh, Netflix now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, the so way like, of the house husband. That's uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like uh, don't don't i didn't i say to make my abilities average in the next life is that's a, that's a hell of a title to put through <laughs> right yeah i'm also no, uh, sex education 120 percent means that's uh, that's another one no these are um yeah these are uh interesting titles uh the these don't other than the way the house husband and maybe a couple of other ones here these don't look like you're uh big manga sellers. Uh, You're right at the top. No, I mean, it feels like uh, I'm the hero, but the Demon Lord's also me. We'll, we'll do okay. Um, it, it has its audience, but um, it's, you know, it, why is it? I mean, the question of it, like, what I guess has surprised me this week, and it's been a weird week, has been like, who who woke up this week and we're like, holy shit, My Hero Academia sells copies. Like, wh why... Jerry Conway, right? That's that's the joke that's been going on. <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry Conway's like, is anybody going to police the uh, the sexuality of some of these things? But like, Wait, did, did, Jerry, did Jerry Conway say that? Yeah, well, he's like, you know, that. But basically, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically the uh, okay. Um, you know, there we've we've controlled some of the. You know, there's been questions asked about kind of the you know the sexuality and some of the stuff going on in the U.S. comics, but who's paying attention to manga? Because there's some stuff over there that seems really, you know, really extreme, and kids are reading this stuff. And it, it, yeah. it yeah. felt weird from the creator of Power Girl. Um, well, I mean, coming from the guy who brutally murdered Gwen Stacy, uh, you yeah. know, it's a little little much. But no, I mean, uh, Jerry's great. He, uh, He's created little... a lot of things I've loved. I mean, no he, doubt about it. But He has... He has an amazing Batman run. I love that Batman run that Jerry did. It's, it's uh, one of the best ones. It, it's just strange to me that today or th this week, and people realize manga is selling. Like I, 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 I mean, Sean, you, you, you talked about going to a comic shop. You, you go to bookshops. You see what's kind of being sold there. Do you, do you feel like you have a decent pulse on like what people are interested in? No, I actually. That's why I listen to your channel. Is uh, I, I like the raw data. Um, like you said, um, X Factor, everyone thought it was selling, well, the editors, uh, or Marvel thought it was selling well because Twitter, 
yeah. then the data came in and it wasn't. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that I find really fascinating. There's um, question. There's there are some. Have you have you looked at some of those tweets? No. Yeah, you, 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 I'm not on you, Twitter. <laughs> you you gotta get someone to to look some like the, no, the you, fan base. Yeah. Do I? Okay. <laughs> the the fan base for X Factor, and, and no offense to people who may have enjoyed uh, X Factor, but they are some of the most insane tweets I, I've seen. Like people who who were just like, "This is the." I sent a bunch of them to Perch. Like this was the greatest comic that Marvel has ever done with the X characters and things like that. Like the hyperbole was through the roof for a comic that's on issue nine. Yeah. Like what? (laughs) It's hard to wrap your head around it. I don't get, I mean, I mean, manga, I mean, you say you're not on top of it, but but Sean, we've talked before. I mean, you you're aware of My Hero Academia and some of these books, like yeah, they're yeah. selling. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, um, Dogman, all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, Junji Ito's stuff uh, does really yeah. well. Like Uzumaki, I think was a one of the top ten or twenty sellers of last year, and that the book that's been out in the U.S. for a while now. Like, yeah, I mean, right. how is the, this? The right? West, the West needs to be worried about manga. Yeah. I mean, it, please quote me on this on Twitter, screencap, whatever the hell. The West needs to be worried because um, if we can ever figure out YA in by you know, which we're not able to by the way, but if we can ever figure out YA the way that uh, Scholastic does, great. We can get new customers in and then we can hopefully sell them Spider-Man, X-Men comics in the future. Sure. And then graduate. It's like cradle to grave marketing. We want a little. We want to sell a little baby a nightlight of Spider Man. Then we want to sell them a YA of Spider Man. Then we want them to buy comics. Then we want the toys. And then they're going to have kids of their own. And then we're going to sell more nightlights of Spider Man. Like cradle to grave marketing. A big chunk of that is missing when people come into comics through YA and look at American comics. And go, eh, no thanks, and they jump right over to chat to to manga. And I love manga. And manga's yeah. kicking our ass, and they deserve to kick our ass, but. You know, being a Western guy, I kind of want to see my team show up. You sure, know? sure. I I think part of that is YA used to just be mainstream comics. Those were appropriate comics to give to a ten year old, a nine or ten year old, and, and now YA is turned into like like you were saying. No one knows what the hell they're doing. Um, I, I've talked to agents before. I've talked to people who are doing these books, and not for nothing, a lot of the people who are putting out YA books, if if it's just you and them talking, and they know you, have no problem telling you, I don't want to write this stuff. This is yeah, like yeah. my agent got me a job. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make more money doing this than I would have doing something else. I don't like it. I don't care. And I'm just going to put whatever notes Scholastic or whoever gives me, because this is a job. This isn't a passion project. If Scholastic comes back to me, and I'm not kidding, these are the kind of notes that Scholastic sends to people doing YA books. That scene with the bullies where they roughed up the kid was a little too much. Can we tone down the bullying a little bit in the bullying scene? Yeah. Yeah. That's actual stuff that happens. And people... You're not going to push up against Scholastic for that. You're just going to be like, "This is a job." I'm just going to sure, what, whatever. I'll change that. 
Like Dad yeah. Pilkey and Raina Telmeyer seem to really like kids. Mm-hmm. They seem yeah. to really be in the material. Like it, it, if, if they're not, then they're sociopaths because it's totally cool with <laughs> me. <you know? laughs> it's, but I'm it's, betting that they love kids. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. And there's this video that I need to, to get up. I've talked to Sean about it uh, where I got some commentary from uh, a couple of the manga publishers. And I mean, you, you're right. People should be worried about it. There's several of the creators and the publishers over there who have every intention to come over and just dominate the space here. And they're not shy about that desire. It's it's actually remarkable and kind of touching that they're like, yeah, we're going to come over there and kick everybody's ass. And it's like that should worry people, I think. But yeah, I love the name of some of these books, by the way. Didn't I say yep. to make my abilities average in the next slide? What kind of fucking title is that? <laughs> I love if if you've ever been to to Japan and you have a chance to go to Shibuya or Shinjuku or go to some of these bookstores and you see yeah. just mountains of these titles and they they're all you know sideways. All you're seeing the sp- the spine and yeah. it's it's everything. Like we, yeah. we talk about something for everything in the U.S. Like there is every genre, whatever kink you're into, they've got it. It's, it's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, since uh, Shane Davis keeps being really rude to me in the chat, uh, oh, I just geez. wanted to show him I actually bought your Superman Earth ones. Oh, and, there you go. And Did actually you're... signed them and, and sketched the Superman emblem in them for me. Oh, there you have yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, buddy. I well, actually Shane, supported you. Is, is, wait, and you're Shane, being a he's being a piece of shit in the chat. <laughs> he keeps he keeps chatting, kick Joe and shut the fuck up, Joe, and stuff like that. And I actually bought your stuff and, and met you in person. So he loves you. Come it's on. It's great. Hey. <laughs> oh, oh my god. I was wait. an actual customer and not just a sycophant who Oh Jesus. Okay, we we're having a good time. So, wait, wait, wait. So, sorry, Clarity, because I can't see yeah. the chat. It's, uh, Shane is here. He's in here, and he keeps telling me to shut up like an asshole. <laughs> is he jo- maybe he's joking around. No, he, <laughs> I don't know the guy. I don't know him as a friend. Like He's not joking. I had, I had dinner with him. We shared a cat. He seemed like yeah, a guy. Like, I, I, I met him, and he was fine in person. I don't know what his deal is tonight. But... I think people are having fun. I, okay, I, okay. Look, hey, the money was changed hands. We're having a good time. We're having a, we're having a good time. Yeah, no, and they're good. I would recommend them. Check out the Earth One books; they're still available. Yeah, they they are good books. They're yeah. great. They look good. They're drawn uh, well. Hey, wait! Before we get onto this, can I can I share my my favorite uh, manga? A hundred percent. Yeah, let's see it. So, my best friend in junior high was Korean, and he introduced me to Gray Death, which is oh. a perch. You know it. I think so. Keep going. So uh, to this day, I spell gray with an E, which is not the American way. But it's a story and art by, I apologize, Yoshihisa Tagami. Tagami. And it's basically, um, I don't know why Frank Miller didn't option this. Because like I, this is a pretty basic story of like a post-apocalyptic guy who keeps beating these bosses and leveling up. And uh, I was just so stunned by this amazing artwork. I don't know if you can see it. But like some of the way that they draw tanks and machines, it looks like it's fucking moving. And when I was in high school, like it just blew me away. And I don't draw like manga style faces, but I always admired how they drew, you know, uh, the machines. Yeah. Like nobody does machines better than the Japs. It's crazy how good they are at, at this shit. Um, but uh, it's funny. I love this book, but there is a lot of phallic symbols that you just can't get away from. Like this is big floating. Uh, <laughs> A uh, space station that like 
It's shaped like a dick. <laughs> like, here, here we go. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> there is so much. I, I mean, a lot of the comics go there. I, I, um, I there's, there's a, there's a manga, or, or, sorry, an anime film kind of called Weathering with You, and that team that does that uh, comes up with. They have some of the best backgrounds. I mean, that you've ever seen in your life, and they they draw machines and everything very, very well. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Ah, the good yeah, times we're crazy. having. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my goal in life was like, I want to draw uh, speed lines and machines like the Japanese. I want to draw um, backgrounds and mood like the Europeans. I want to have the brushstrokes and the love of South America, but I want to be on the deadline of the US. Yeah. Which means, like, I want to do all this shit, but put it out. Like, I love a lot of European artists, but they do sure. 40, 40 pages a, a year. Yeah. And uh, I do like seven issues a year, which is when you're writing and drawing, it's like a lot of work. And I'm not complaining, but I, I'm like, I want to try to compete with my heroes, but on an American schedule, which is like, get it, get it done, get it done. Um, it's hard because I feel like I sacrifice quality sometimes just to stay on deadline. But yeah, but I'm not a French guy who takes like a four hour siesta lunch and then fucks <laughs> off with cigarettes and drinking for the rest of the day. <laughs> that is the life, right? I'm looking that's, at you, Olivier Coipel. That's exactly what we need. I, I yeah. I, one of these days, we'll get over to Croatia. We'll hang out in Dubrovnik and and drink some nice stuff. Oh, that's, that's where I had my honeymoon. It's funny. Really? Small yeah. That's one of the best place. It's one of my favorite places in the world, right there. Yeah. It's like an inexpensive version of Italy, where they like Americans and have to speak. People speak English. Yeah. I, they I don't. I, they, they don't like Germans there. Apparently. No, that's very true. I, I've gotten incredibly drunk in Dubrovnik. I, I think probably one of the right. most wrecked places I've ever been in my life. But anyway. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, here, it's something more lighter. Will we ever see this in White Knight? So people gave a lot of suggestions. We, we won't necessarily put these through. So here's some. Is this Batman. a Batman? This has got to be a Batman penis question. Go ahead. No, no. So so here's uh, a bunch of panels, and the the question is, are you going to adapt some level of this for White Knight? The answer is going to be no for all three of these. But but here we go. <laughs> um, how about this power of Batman, where he turns himself into some kind of flying frisbee? Wow, is that mainline? This is real. Yeah. How do they explain that now? I mean, this is pre-crisis. Pre yeah. yeah. Is that Charles de Gaulle? Who is he cutting in half? He just some statue. I, I think he's trying to support the protesters and get rid of those statues. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to have Batman squish himself into a disc. <laughs> yes. I, Batman had some weird powers back in the old days. Uh, okay, how about this where... Uh, Batman for well, he's already revealed his identity, so we already know this. But this is where Batman is brainwashed somehow to paint a picture of who he is without his mask. That that is somewhat plausible. Okay. Uh, in my universe, if you know the Mad Hatter chip or you know got into his brain somehow, you could make Batman do some stuff like that. Um, I like how he fully rendered the background, the foreground. He took a Bob Ross approach on this. Wet on wet. What Bob Ross created. That's clearly what Batman's been doing. I'm glad he's being compelled to reveal his secret identity, but he has enough willpower to wait till the very end to draw his face. That's the reveal. Yeah. I also like how Robin is standing there with his mouth open, like an idiot. Oh, like for an hour. Oh. Like imagine, like, this. Oh, so there must, explain this scene to me. So there's going to be a reception. So you got advertising, you got marketing, you got parking, you got people like, you know, paying yeah. pay stubs, getting in. Batman's like, everybody, I'm going to paint myself. And they're all waiting around. The reporters are obviously in the, the panel. And so he's like, well, I'm going to get to it. But first I have to, like, you know, use some ghosts, do the background, I need to mood and lighting. But 
And uh, I love that he basically made them wait uh, at least an hour and a half before getting he's to the place. <laughs> he's kind of a dick. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I will do this. <laughs> this would be great. Yeah, somehow this would be a scene. I, I do. I, I am stunned by it. Robin just does not know what to do with himself. I, I like Batman only has half of a five o'clock shadow in the painting. Yeah. I don't know what that true. means. <laughs> There you go. Well, yeah, he didn't give himself that gap. I like. What are the press members who are on the opposite side of the painting doing? They're just staring at the back side of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're in the wrong place, dude. You got to get behind, like the guy with the the hat that's making it into the bottom right of the panel. <laughs> he's just he's just hanging out there. Did, did right. the reporters ever wear a white ticket in their hat that said "press"? Or is that a thing I, that comics created? Only in comic. No, I'm I'm sure somewhere. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and speaking of what Robin is doing, how about this one? This is this one takes some thinking here. Um, I, th it's the caption that makes it super weird. Batman decided it was time to teach Robin about the facts of life. And yeah, it's a lot of birds, no bees. Are they sharing uh, an anal plug below, and you can't I, see it? And I have to assume they are. I, yeah. I just yeah. Well, no, you'd share a double-ended dildo. You wouldn't share yeah. it. Sorry, I, I should have. Yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you, Joe. I, I no, no problem. superior wisdom. Yeah, that's why I'm here, for <laughs> yeah. those wondering. Remember last time we hung out, and we were like, which comic art do you think has been jerked off to the most? And it's Joe throws out Scotty Young. <laughs> <laughs> that, Joe, that haunts my nightmares. <laughs> I, tried to explain that. I tried to explain that to my wife, because I've got a lot of... <laughs> I got some uh, Scotty Young original art in in the room where my kids uh, do online classes, and I'm like, "Hey, this!" And it, it is one of those cases where you start talking and you realize this is a dumb thing for you to begin. And I'm like, "Hey, see that art up there? Uh, Joe, the guy I stream with a lot, mentioned that that's probably what people jerk off to the most." Yeah. My wife's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Right that now? that is a tomb a tombstone quote. Like yeah. when I'm dead, put this on my fucking rock because I want everybody to know that I was I was this funny one day back in 2021. There we go. <laughs> one of these days we are going to interview uh, Scotty Young, and this is going to come out. And John, Joe, you're going to have to explain this. Yeah, I don't want to be there for this. Please bring Joe instead. <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah. Okay. So none of these are probably happening. I'm assuming in in white. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I don't. By the way, the birds and the bees was that that phrase ever explained? Do we know why the phrase birds and the bees became a thing? Well, I, mean, I remember looking know, it up, and I don't think anyone. You hmm. know, bees have a like, lot. Do of the stuff. birds? Do the birds fuck the bees at some point? Yes, that is exactly what happens. Yeah, it, it's it's all it's happening all the time. That's where all the the. Yeah. That's where all the feces come from, all over your car. <laughs> no. All right, that's all right. I'm always an uncomfortable question. I understand the awkwardness. Let's just move forward. Yeah, there you go. It's all about the pollen, <laughs> says Max Fish. Perfect. Speaking um, of uncomfortable. Yeah, speaking of uncomfortable. So, okay, so we do the, I, Sean, we've done this every week for the last couple of weeks. It's, it's, I, I don't know, it's fun to me, probably nobody else. But <laughs> the question right, is. If these are DC, I'm probably not going to answer, but go ahead. I think they're all DC. Sorry. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Do you think this was intentional or not? They're older. So, you know, uh, how about this um, This kind of dialogue? <laughs> you think? Okay. Um, well, it looks like he's reaching into his chest, not between his legs. True. Yeah. I like how the uh, crevice in the floor is like really leading the eye like an arrow, like a squiggly yeah. arrow to the penis. 
Yeah. But what bothers me the most is Abraham Lincoln's not face with his eye way too high, lack of beard. Like, why put the penny in there at all, honestly? Right. I agree. That's a weird, yeah. Like, yeah. why? You, it looks like somebody got halfway through with this and then decided out. Yeah. But composition wise, perfect. Like, you can't not <laughs> look at that supposed hand job. <laughs> what do you think? Like, the lettering here, though, somebody had to, like, as you're putting this together, you're thinking, I mean, you, you can't. You can't write this and go, this is going to be taken other ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you're making 30 a year, well, back then, when you're making $10,000 a year in Manhattan, what are you going to do? You got to entertain so, yourself. You just got to get it done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for, for sure. I, I think it's intentional. You think intentional? Okay. I how, think, about, I think. Uh, how about that? This is way back when. This is, um, it, it's all going along fine. He says, gosh, Batman, remember this leather thong? It still has your teeth marks in it. <laughs> So when we were, uh, when my wife was writing uh, Harley White Knight, she had a line in there because in our world, nobody can hear Batman sneak up except for Harley. It's a right. storytelling bit. And so at one point we had a scene where he's like, you know, how can you tell when I'm, and she made a joke like your thong squeaks and uh, not even a really funny joke, but whatever. It's, it's funny enough for comics. Yeah. And uh-uh, we cannot make a joke about Batman's thong According to the Lords on High, we had to change that line. Ah, oh, no. So I wish I had this panel back then because I would have said, you already published it, people. Yeah, it wow. came out. Yeah. Look at how ashamed Batman looks here. Like, he knows he did wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is also back at a time where you had people with intentional names like Dick Sprang drawing yeah. them. So, Right. <laughs> so things go on there. Okay, yeah. one more, and we'll we'll stop uh, punishing everybody. Oh man, nothing wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Even the dialogue it doesn't help at all, does it? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Batman has identified this as an awkward pose. So non sequitur here. The guy who invented the way to spell awkward should be fucking shot because the word awkward always looks wrong, even when it's right. I feel like that first W doesn't need to be there. But we've all grown up this way, so here we are. Yeah. You got to believe that, like, um, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of these people make fun of this. I, I was in, um, I mean, I was talking to some other comic writers. Who are like, I th this this Batman Robin awkward moments, and and you know, them sleeping in the same bed and all the rest of that stuff. That was a bunch of that's a bunch of internet people who are making that weird. It wasn't the comics, but when you see stuff like this, it it, it looks weird. I mean, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> it's, it's so that panel that's cut off, actually, I know what the rest of that panel says. It says, you are disarming me. Eat my ass. Nice job, Batman. Going <laughs> to the bathroom now. That's exactly go. what's going on. Yeah, I'm a writer. So that's what I would. There you go. That's, that's what's happening. Hey, um, I mean, I don't have a second printing like Joe does, but, you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, how... Uh, I uh, so back to some questions for you. Um, what's your favorite so bad it's good comics? Are, is there anything that just like you just guilty pleasure type comics? Um, <laughs> could Joe answer first? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, there there's so many. Uh, <laughs> too many of them are probably guilty pleasure comics. Um, there's a lot of eras of like X Men that are are purely guilty pleasure. Because they're a mess, uh, but I just like the X Men. Um, trying to think of some more like 
you know, specific ones. Cause it, it, it's, it's tough. Cause you want to say, you know, like, oh, I, I like this, but I like it. Cause it's stupid. It's not the most flattering thing to say to, right, yeah. to, to someone, but like, there's a lot of like, Tommy was so level shenanigans in like mid nineties, Spider-Man where everything's just a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so like that kind of stuff, like where, where you have like the female Doc Ock and, you know, the Ben Riley and Spider-Man, just all that stuff. It's like, this is just, I like it because I was a kid when these were coming out, but I know they're terrible. Yeah. Like they're truly just terrible uh, comics. And, and I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff also in like the, the Silver Age, like... It's good, but it's still like like when we did um, Fantastic Four Annual Number Three. Yeah, that's that is that is a campy, goofy mess of a comic. I love it. <laughs> I I love that Professor X stands up for the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> like it is I, funny. yeah, I love that stuff. I I love like big stupid baby watcher. Um, I, I love how it just sort of ends with the watcher kind of being like, here's a, a Ray Reed Richards that'll just end the fucking comic so you can get married. Like, just, just that kind of stuff. I, I love it. But um, you hate to say you love it because it's really goofy, but it is. <laughs> like, it's not, it's Fantastic Four Annual Number Three is not Watchmen. It's, no, it's just no. not. Is it fair to say ultimatum what? is that for me uh, of just a train wreck of a comic where every panel is is more of a mess, but it's 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 very enjoyable to in that regard. I, I that's that's mine, and and I just you know mm. closely followed. I, and I love the guy, but Mark Millar's uh, trouble it gets there as well. It just, mm. just a, a fun mess of a comic. Oh, the unfunnies from from Mark. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we should a- uh, we should just talk to Mark about the unfunnies. Just be like, we're not we're not talking about Jupiter's legacy. We're not that's we're not going to support your. Yeah. yeah, that was already yeah. number one yeah. in the U.S. for like weeks. We we're here for the unfunnies, <laughs> sir. Um, I'm going to go with uh, when Punisher became black. Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, yeah this was uh, for younger readers. This was post Rodney King. And they had this idea where Punisher was going to infiltrate something and he had a skin transplant and he became black for a while. And, you know, he gets hassled by the cops, as you do. And yeah. uh, other stuff happened. It's so... There's so many... <laughs> like, put that out now. I, I mean, if I had cancer, I'm like, you know what, Marvel, I'm going to take your shitty page rate, but I want to do Black Punisher <laughs> and I'm going to do this nice. and I'm going to do it really well, but everyone's going to attack me because it's not woke. But even though people that actually know what woke is, it is woke. And uh, I think there's a, an Eisner award winning tale to tell with <laughs> Black Punisher, but they're never going to do it. So that you're going to try to do the Captain America truth of Black <laughs> Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're a writer, Joe. And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but like um you know the other there's a couple of other uh guilty pleasures i can think of uh these some of them might be controversial but like the death of superman stuff mm. a lot a lot of parts there are some parts of it that are really good but like the actual death of superman is definitely a guilty pleasure because that is not remotely yeah. good itself a lot of the fallout a lot of the stuff that wheezy does after it and, and even during it's good 
but that like just issue that's just splash pages of punching each other like that's not good i love yeah. reading it but it's not good <laughs> uh and, and also th this this is even more of a uh, probably a controversial take, but a lot of Ed Brubaker's Captain America. Oh. I enjoy it, but I don't think it's actually very good. But That's, I do like it. it it's funny because people, I've had some very angry responses to that. We, we talked yeah. a little bit about that. People are like, how dare you? And then I've more than any other review, um, people have come back and said, uh, I, you know, I reread it and there's some, there's some really goofy stuff in there. Like they're like what Gibson is, is I think you made the comment like the Red Skull stands. People stand looking out of the window a lot in that run. That's yes. like half all the panels are people looking he, out the window. Every other panel is someone looking out the window like it's um, the Star Wars prequel trilogies where there's just giant windows behind in the backgrounds of everything. But it's yeah, everything is just the Red Skull with a glass of wine looking out a window being like my plan is finally coming to fruition. It's like, eh. <laughs> I, I, it's fun, but it's fun because it's stupid and goofy. So, Sean, it, it, the uh, well, he just took up his headset there. But um, hey, oh, uh, no. I want to say hello to Jeff Thorne. We've got to, um, you know, we've got to have you on to talk about Green Lantern number two. That's a great yes! issue. So, Jeff. Uh, and uh, and I think we got to get um, we got to get Jeff on with Sean. We we should just we'll just keep expanding this until it turns into just the craziest mess we've ever seen in our life. Uh, it'll be it'll be too much fun. So Sean, uh, saying uh, Jeff uh, Thorne is in the chat. He's of course writer of Green Lantern. We should have it. Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good to meet you. Can I, I hope I can meet you face to face uh, once COVID goes away. Yeah. Um, yeah. we'll do, we'll just put these up while we talk. So we, we don't need to necessarily focus on it, but these are always, you know, Sean, these are the comics that came out this week in history. So, so Batman white Knight number eight <laughs> came out in, in this week. Uh, a couple yeah. Years, so this is totally unplanned too. Uh, uh, wait, is that the original venom? No, that's a recreation of the cover. It is. That's not it's one fifty. So it was, it okay. was, it was yeah. what it was, but, uh, and yeah. empire number one, the title everyone loved. That's that right. now that's uh, a Captain America story that I think we all can agree was amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's I don't think there's any dispute there. Nick Spencer uh, actually ran for office himself at, uh, at one point in Ohio uh, many yeah. years ago. It didn't go anywhere, but hey, is that a true story? I, yeah, your, your sarcasm voice and your real voice are so similar. Oh, is it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nice. Like if I shut my eyes, you sound like Adam Carolla to me, and I mean that's a compliment. I that's okay. I I, okay, I okay. watched the Man Show. I watched Draw <laughs> Drawn Together. I was all about that. <laughs> it's it's. True. I still reference that. Like what was it? The the three quarters ass shorts from that uh, Man Show skit. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was a great skit. Yeah. There's yeah. oh we got the, the end women's suffrage skit. There's, there's uh. the, the end women's suffrage skit was one of the best of all time. Just oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like um I don't know Eric Larson. I met him once. He seems like a nice guy. I love his stuff. If I was him, I would return to do a four issue miniseries of Spider Man just out of the blue. Just to imagine yeah. the spike that Savage Dragon would have just reappearing in Spider Man just for oh, four for issues. Sure. Just. And what those pages would be worth, Jesus Christ! Right, I yeah. really like Eric Larson's Spider-Man run. I yeah. know it's like right after Todd, so everyone's like, you know, it was Todd, and then eh. But like, I really like what what Eric Larson did on that book. No, for me, it's like Todd and Eric, like it was a two for yeah. two. Like, I was absolutely, yeah, yeah. I I think, uh, <laughs> um, 
somebody asked, DC has the Hanna-Barbera rights, a Justice League-themed wacky races miniseries drawn by you with all the cars. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, Toph drew the Hot Wheels comic. If they paid me enough, I would draw it. <laughs> I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. I don't know. Yeah, sure, why not? I don't know where you'd go with that comic, but it's, it's fun. It um, doesn't matter. It's a bunch of cars right. first. That's the lead-in to probably the most esoteric question we've got tonight, though, is like, why do good people do bad things? Um, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a book by Michael Shermer? I, I feels like it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Are you asking me or Joe? I thought all Joe answer first. Well, they came for you, but, sure. but yes, absolutely. Both of you. Why do good people do bad things? Joe? Can we, can we define bad things first? I don't think we should, but <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Well, honestly, it goes right back to, you know, good people. They, they want to do something, you know, they want to do good, but then yeah. they get notes from Scholastic saying the bullies are too mean. You got to make <laughs> them not so mean. So the yeah. precious 10 year old can stomach a, a, a mild bullying yeah. Then, then yeah, you're doing a bad thing by making that edit, but you're doing it because you need that money, and, right? You know, so yeah. so yeah, that's that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's it's I, I could keep going about how please the, the <laughs> <laughs> you know the YA market's going to collapse soon, right? Purchase gotta <laughs> any day, any day, because because just all this stuff, it's like they're constantly pumping out these books and they're good people making them, but they're making bad things because yeah. I'm trying to tie it back to the question. So it's not a complete tangent, but yeah. you know, it's <laughs> there, there's so much in, in terms of like, again, I, I, I was alluding earlier, just talking to agents and stuff like that, where it's all the same stuff. They literally just want you to write the same thing that everyone else has written. Yeah. And they give you those directions. They're like, we want something that's like, it's like light genre and it's got to be in like a school and it's got to be like a kid who's like discovering themselves and like they should have like a rocky ish relationship with their parents, but like not too scary. And, you know, they'll they'll get a better relationship with their parents and their friends at the end because they're like going to discover like who they are while dealing with school. And maybe there's like some fantasy and like dragons and stuff, but keep it light. Light genre. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. The light, uh, like a light dragon. Yeah, but like, but those are the things that like multiple agents say that multiple publishers want. And you look at all the solicits. You cannot go an hour on like social media without someone else announcing like, I got my new YA book that's coming out in 2024. And it's about two girls in the late 90s early 2000s because that's when the writer and artist grew up and <laughs> it's about this music they liked that made them super powered and they're also figuring out their identities and at the end of this they're going to stop a vague bad thing and their parents will love them again that's every every one of them <laughs> just that's just oh what my I god so <laughs> he doesn't want a comic book inspired by Elastica or yeah. whatever back in the 90s. I so why it's yeah, th thanks, Jeff. I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff doesn't drink, right? 
I don't think you do. I is that that's no, Jeff is a very Tristan. awkward time when yeah. we're at the convention together. Yeah, yeah, what it's like. What's it like on yeah. your high horse looking down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeff Jeff's a tea guy and uh and he's uh drinking <laughs> tea, not spilling tea, just there to be clear. Okay. Is, is there a way to get him on right now, or is that too complicated? I don't we know. Could. I, Jeff, let us know. We could we can send you a link. We can we can we can make this thing a party. No, it's all coming off the rails. Why not? We should have one sober person here to keep us on the rails. I agree. <laughs> you, you let us know. Yeah. How that, that uh, first cover you posted that looks like Kevin Nolan, but look, I don't think it is. No, that is that the Hulk. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that is absolutely Kevin Nolan. Wow, that's like an old signature yeah. that I don't recognize. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's funny because it, the, the lighting in the gray areas are very Kevin Nolan, even though it's before he came into zone. It's uh, it's some good stuff. Yeah, nice, nice. Is that a is that a that's Roger Stern Avengers, right? I is that, that era so. or yeah. I I'm gonna go sure. I'm just gonna agree with whatever you say because I'm three glasses in. Yeah, that well, that's fine. And so then, uh, uh, yeah. Deadly Hands at Kung Fu. So here's my first question. <laughs> um, you oh, the, no. the wire they're on is attached to a building that looks like it's five feet from behind the guy. <laughs> uh, and then second question, why would he go on a tightrope for a half a mile with hands to fight a guy with a sword? <laughs> well, also the perspective there makes it look like it's really going to be sloping down, but the yeah. rope is even. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like, uh, and, and by the way, Jeff, if you feel like joining, I sent you a link. So you're all, all your, your, your call if you want to know on this yeah. stuff, but yeah. Like why wouldn't the guy with the sword just take a few steps back and cut the rope? So the uh, guy with the sword, his right calf is creating a really annoying tangent with the the, the shape of the building. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. the kind of stuff that bothers me is like unnecessary tangents. Yeah. And the sword in the end, I mean, I know that posts probably like, oh, too bad the end lines up with the sword perfectly, but it's nothing we can do. Like, that's not the artist's fault. But that calf certainly is. Sorry. <laughs> and I've never seen this before either. Uh, <clears throat> was it? Plus photo features action strips. Yeah, that's, that's, a, weird, that's a weird billing. Yeah, but yeah. you should do some photo feature action strips in uh, in white. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, sure. Sounds sounds great. I yeah. why not? Um, <laughs> what about Sean? Uh, what's uh, something else? This is a more complicated question, so we should do it before we get completely hammered. Um, when a property is adapted to another medium, so video yeah. games, movies, televisions. Uh, do artists and writers get credits or royalties for contributing toward a successful adaptation? Uh, depends on your contract. And there you go. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, black and white. Um, I feel bad when artists don't get credit or money for their ideas being used in further media. Um, yeah. I think it's awful. But the thing that a lot of people don't want to say on Twitter is, did these guys read their contracts? Yeah, I, mean, I can't blame a company for being greedy. That's what companies do. Uh, and with that greed, companies pay their employees 401ks and healthcare and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, I'm totally down with the plight of the artists. But what, what I know a lot about a lot of artists is they don't really read the fine print. And like watching that uh, documentary about Bill Finger was infuriating because I, I agree with what the documentary was saying, but there was a couple points where Bill Finger met Bob Kane in a park across the street from his house. This is like after there was a Batman 66 TV show. And I'm like, okay, so you, you can still hang out with Bob Kane. You didn't 
throttle him against a park bench to be like, where's my fucking money, asshole? Like, why aren't you more upset and yeah. out, out to protect yourself? And you left it to your granddaughter to figure it out. And yeah. that documentary is amazing. But this poor woman who is like ended up being the hero of the story that I mean, she she two generations let this go by before she figured it out. Good for her, by the way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my unpopular opinion of that documentary is why didn't Bill Finger do more? <laughs> it, it makes me wonder. I wish that more uh, creators like had either had resources or did something to like just just yeah, you said read your contract. Like there's some very basic things you could do. Your life would be so much better. Uh, yeah. But it it feels like at first there's a almost a reluctance. Like if I if I push back or read my contract, somebody will not want to work with me, which maybe is true. I guess yeah. in some cases. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. But, you know, it, it's it's definitely I, I, I always struggle with the but the corporation took advantage of me. It's like, but that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've always uh, I feel like DC in particular. Well, I think DC and Marvel. Okay, both. It's OK. I'm not. Don't go ahead. Answer Sorry. Question. <laughs> uh, was um, if the character's derivative, you don't count as a creator. Like if you yeah. if you created like you know, the new Robin or something, Robin already exists. So, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Cause there was something I think on the creator of one of the versions of, I think Icicle who showed up on Arrow was upset because they didn't get mm -hmm. any uh, royalties for that appearance, but it was because that version of Icicle was like a derivative of another version, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, well, there's um, the derivative thing is true, obviously. Uh, so I created Neo Joker Mm -hmm. Even though I created a separate um, uh, character named Marion Drews, it's still derivative of Harley. So if they make a sure. Neo Joker movie, they owe me zero, and I understand that. And when they, if they make a Neo Joker movie, which they won't, I <laughs> expect to get nothing. I would yeah. love to think that they would include me, but they don't have to give me dick. And that's just sort of how it goes. And I understand that. And I'm not mad. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Um, it's funny. Uh, so uh, my friend Jimmy did a lot of work. Jimmy Palmiotti did a lot yep. of work on Harley, and uh, he was putting in for character equity. So you file papers. If you create a new character for DC that's not related to Joker Harley, you can't be the son of Jim Gordon. It has to be a character out of the blue related to nobody. Mm -hmm. You can uh, apply for character equity, and then you will get a percentage of future media based on that character. That's like the, the brief once over of it. And uh, he put in character equity for the beaver in Harley Quinn. And when uh, he submitted it, they were like, what the hell? You really want to claim this beaver? Because Jimmy, who's great at business, puts in character equity for everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, in his words, and I, if, Jimmy's, if Jimmy watches, like, I hope it's okay to tell this story. But <laughs> he goes, when they did the Harley movie, that fucking beaver was in it. And that fucking beaver made me more money than anything I ever did in Harley ever. And I'm like... Laughing in the face of the guy that questioned him filing for character equity on the Beaver and Harley Quinn. No pun intended. Good for him, though. Get, <laughs> get amazing. I, uh, he made his money from Beaver. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Is it a Scotty Young Beaver? Yeah, there you go. I, I Well, I'm sure there was some of that. Uh, <laughs> get into that furry market, man. It's, it's, it's where it's at. Uh, <laughs> What's uh what do you have a favorite comic of the last 10 20 years? Uh Joe? <laughs> <laughs> no, um oh god, last 10 20 years. Um is it White Knight? 
That's that's a that's a tough one. Well, White Knight's off the table because that wouldn't be fair, and that's yeah, how I'm going to handle that question. Oh, there you go. Okay, but uh, because Sean's done so many other things well, in the past twenty enough. years, yeah. it wouldn't be fair to pick. All one. right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys can both take your noses out of my ass. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, Ecstatics is up there for me. Okay, I really liked. Uh, I liked Ecstatics. I, I liked a lot of the stuff that like the Luna Brothers did uh, together. Girls, Sword. Um, that's that. Yeah, it's definitely high up there for me. Uh, some of the, there are a couple of things in the new Fifty Two, uh, like the Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chang, um, Wonder Woman. Is, is, yeah, that, that was that was one of the better Wonder Womans we we've probably gotten maybe ever. Hmm. You know, um, man, controversial. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's controversial. <laughs> I I I love Wonder Woman. Don't get me wrong, but um, uh. Trying to be tough. Yeah. No, it is it is tough because uh like I love X-Men, but uh, it was so shitty the past couple of decades. It's tough to <laughs> to pick something. Thank you, um, Ashley Comics. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No. Um wait, Micronauts, what? Why can't I? I, I yeah. wrong, why, why can't oh, Jesus? If people, <laughs> why can't that, we do a Micronauts reboot? I, I don't know. Um, is that Mark Millar? <laughs> <laughs> I did get, which I think Perch and I are going to do soon, the uh, X-Men Micronauts miniseries. Wow, you just had that ready to go? Yeah, he's he's (laughs) amazing. I mean, Joe, at some point, I go and I go live on an island, and then Joe takes over this channel, and I just drink all day. That is the dream. That's That's Here's what I'm getting. Perch is, to me, what Joe is to Perch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um... I, I tried. There, there's got to be more good comics that came out the last 20 years, right? Like, no nope. shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, but um, uh, Peter David's X Factor Investigations is up there. Beckstar, yes, Beckstar is great. Thank you, Jeff, also for all the the support and the the, the kind words. Yeah, um, pick up your microphone, dude. Don't be shy. Yeah, come on. I, I see. Yeah, you, do yeah. it. Come on in here. Um, so do it. Uh, Manhattan Project uh, from, from Hickman. I, yeah. I like uh, a lot of Hickman. Like, I feel like such a douchebag every time I do this, but I'm like, I prefer Jonathan Hickman's independent work. But, you <laughs> know, that's, that yeah. but, but it's true. I, I, I mean, um, you know, actually, uh, I got into Hickman because uh, the guy who used to own a Collector's Kingdom, which I know, Sean, you dropped by like years ago. You, you went to that shop. It was on Jericho Turnpike in, on Long Island, and you uh, introduced yourself, dropped some stuff off. You, you don't have to remember this. It was like eight years ago. No, but, I remember I was doing Hellblazer and that shop was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was good friends with Mike. He has since passed away, but I I, oh. I, was, I was good friends with him. And yeah. uh, he gave me the, the trade of like nightly news. And he was like, dude, this Hickman guy, like you got to check him out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I like nightly news, but like Manhattan Projects was like that like level of like bizarre Lynchian shit I really like. Yeah. So, so I, I right. really love that book. Um, I still got to finish East of West. It, once I finish it, that might yeah. be. I remember in, uh, yeah. uh, I, last time I was in San Diego, it was 10 years ago, and East of West was out, and I was talking mm-hmm. to uh, the artist, um, mm-hmm. who's friend of a friend, uh, Nick Chigata. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he was telling us about the numbers, and he's like, I think we're looking at another image 2.0. Yeah. And the writing was on the wall because East of West and Saga. And yep. Walking Dead was always a hit, but they didn't consider that. That doesn't count. That's Walking Dead. 
Yeah. But when Beast of West and Saga were a hit, it was like, what is this this title swell that we're witnessing? And I remember being drunk in my hotel room talking to Nick for a while. Great guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, Saga was one of the books <clears throat> I was actually, like, I was getting the floppies, but I was getting the trades as soon as they came out, too. And I rarely do that. I usually, if I'm getting the floppies, yeah. I usually stick to that. But, like, that was something where I was like, I just, I, I have to support this book. It's it's, it's so good. Yeah. I'm no, looking at a signed hardcover right now, but uh, nice. yeah, so, I, I got a couple of sketches from Fiona. She was she really you told me last time you're telling you, yeah, you, yeah, were, yeah. you accosted her at a party and you demanded your sketches. <laughs> Literally, what you said. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <It> was, <laughs> if you come up to me at a party and you're like, you know, I've been talking to your art dealer and he said you can't sketch for me, but I feel like I would be like, I'm trying not to show that sho- to shove this drink in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly how it went, but yes. If I had done that, though. <laughs> yeah. how how uh, Sean, we still want to hear about a good con, but but one of the other questions and the, the cover is up here, and I'm ready to change it off this, but but She Hulk, do you have a take? Uh, every people are like, what does Sean think about new muscular She Hulk? Do you do you care? Uh, I have don't. So is that her on the yeah, upper yeah. left there? That's her in the upper left there. She's, she's, uh, yeah. You know, if there's a market for that, great. If not, <laughs> then don't publish it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so I, I do have a comment on the spawn cover. So yeah. when, when Greg and Todd both write their name on scrolls, do you think they argue over whose scroll is going to be bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I have to like, there's a I wonder, like, the scroll theory, like, hear ye, hear ye. Dust, yeah. you know, Greg Capullo, the great Sir McFarlane, has drawn this comic. Like, the scroll thing to me is so hilarious. At this point, don't change. Like, you're in this far. No, just no. keep going. <laughs> yeah. You, I always loved that. I, I, it was, I, I mean, it, it took up back in the, the 90s when Todd started doing that. It was, it took up so much of the cover and it was, it would always felt so silly, but it, it did became his. Like, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, just keep doing it. <laughs> I remember he stopped. Or there was a point where he wasn't doing it that way, and it just felt thoroughly wrong. And it yeah. was not. It just you got to go back and and do this. So yeah, no. Uh, so to go back to a question you asked me, yeah. the best, best comic in the last ten years. Yeah. I was a big fan of Nick Fury Max. Nice, okay, yeah. nice, yeah. And nice. That, that was the comic that made me stop giving a shit about the Eisners. Um, <laughs> and I, and to to get to the skip to the end, perch. I wanted you to do a video about. I need. I, I know how the Eisners work, but I don't think most people know how it works. And I think you need to straighten some shit out about the Eisners. Okay, I, I'll do it. I, um, I could probably help with that. Yeah, Joe oh, could definitely yeah. help. With that. <laughs> but uh, so I feel like they'll piss some people off, by the way. But uh, yeah. So what? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. The facts, I though. Face, yeah. Like it's a rotating group of six people who are dubbed, you know, uh, experts every year, and. Not everything that's published is submitted. So even though you have your favorite book, it might not be submitted just because it doesn't get a nominated for an Eisner. Doesn't there's a political process, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of like blowback. But like the woman who's running it plays favorites, and there's some drama there. And I don't know anything about that. I'm sure you guys both do. Oh, I, I know. I know most okay. of the deal. Okay. I know, um, well, uh, <laughs> well, Jack Jackie's great. I I, I really like Jackie uh, a bunch. Uh, people think because of the Eisers and the reputation they've gotten that, um, you know, it's some like far left organization. She is, she is a conservative. She is not in any way a, a lefty at all. Um, I've met her uh, a, a couple of times, but uh, what happens, and, and this is, this is like a lot of award shows. This is how a lot of these things work. People make decisions 
on what gets nominated to make a statement. I feel like we're getting into it right now. Oh, we're we're in it. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're we're in it. Yeah. So I'm giving so, you a pass, but I'd love to get into it with you guys. So no, please. like I'll I'll Sorry to interrupt you. go into it. I'll um you, you know it's um you know I, I won't name names or anything like that, but but you name one. Oh oh yeah, other than Jackie, <laughs> but Jackie's great. I said she's great, so it doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> but there are judges, judges they'll get together. And this isn't for every category and everything, but there will be things that happen that something gets a nomination to make a statement. Yeah. And, yeah. and that okay. happened, and you'll see that. And I probably don't have to tell people which books get nominated to make a statement. I'm sure everyone knows by looking at that, but, but judges do put that into consideration mm -hmm. uh, when they're doing that. Uh, sometimes it's a statement just to be nominated and then it has no chance in hell of winning, but that's, that's what happens, you, you know, and uh, it's killing me. Cause I kind of want to name names. Yeah. Name, well, I kind of want to <laughs> name a, a, a couple of books. I, you know, without getting like, I'm not going to name too many, I, okay. I, there, there's one I just have to. This one that's killing me, and I have to oh. say it is um, uh, Chelsea Kane's Mockingbird. That was okay. just to make a statement. That was straight up. The judges were making a statement to Marvel to be like, "You canceled this book. Screw you. So we're gonna screw you. We're gonna nominate it." Wait. Yeah. So this is where the girl with the feminist agenda T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Which but, again, I mean, regardless of all that, yeah. I, I I was I talked to uh, an editor at Marvel who's probably not a big surprise that she edited that book, but it was like there was a surprise about like I uh, you know I don't understand why more people didn't gravitate to this book, and it's like you fucking idiot, it's Mockingbird. What did you think was going to happen? Like this these. Solo books, it always shocks me when these books roll out. And it's like, I, I cannot believe that we, we're, we've done Iceman three times and it doesn't seem to have an audience. It's like, well, what, what, again, what, what part of history did you not understand that this was yeah. going to be the result? Mockingbird as a kind of a inside joke level character, regardless of anything else, there's no way that book's going to do well. It's just, it, it, the market's completely wrong for it. And yeah. Absolutely, but that's um, but but yeah, the, these things happen, and there's they'll do that. Like if a book's canceled, if a book ends prematurely, or um, you know, that kind of stuff, that it'll get thrown into the nominations. Doesn't mean yeah. it's gonna yeah. get anything, right? But they'll but they'll they'll put it in there. Um, it's just what so happens. My my my. So to get back to the, uh, I love uh, Garth Ennis's writing, and I loved mm -hmm. what he did with Fury Max, and for those who don't know. They used to have a line in Marvel called Max where you could do nudity and swearing and it was whatever you want it to be. Awesome. Sure. That was what Black Label was supposed to be. It was like DC Max in a way, which is great. Um, so it was a book about Nick Fury going mm -hmm. through all of America's great wars in the last 50 years, basically. Yeah. And it started out with like, I don't know, Korea into Vietnam into this and that. And it had, you know, sometimes he's recording it after fucking three prostitutes at a hotel room, like topless, whatever. Uh, Goran Parlov did the art, art, he's one of my favorites. He's such a, oh, such yeah. a machine. And uh, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it, not, not only did you do this great story about a soldier who's seen this, mm -hmm. but you did it with like a marquee character of a giant corporation and got it approved. 
Um, and I don't think people gave it enough credit. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is like, I want to use your toys in the sandbox, but I want to sort of make my own sandbox. I want to do X, Y, Z. That's kind of what I always want. So when I read that book, I'm like, this is like, I gave my dad that book and I don't get along. Wow. With my dad. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm like this, when that year it didn't get a nominated for Dick and I was like, mm -hmm. fuck the Eisners. Yep. I don't think, I don't know what their priority is, but the fact that Fury Max didn't get nominated and I had books out that year, but I don't need to be not like I'm, yeah. I'm fighting for the book I love and it was Fury Max. And it, it didn't get nominated for anything. I'm like, I don't give a shit about the Eisners. And sure. then the next year I got nominated and won two awards. Um, <laughs> that I, was didn't, I didn't go to the show cause I didn't think we'd win. I haven't been to uh, San Diego for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember Scott calling me right before the wake got this award. And he's like, what do you want me to say? And I was watching a documentary about World War II. And I literally was like, did you know that uh, when they, the joke about Jewish people and lampshades is actually based on truth. Uh, he's like, what the fuck? Dude, I'm about to go on stage and win an award. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm in my own head. I'm watching this amazing documentary. Like, He cares about awards. And that's good for him. I don't care about awards. Um, and I'm glad that we won, but in hindsight, maybe it's easy for me to give a middle finger to the Eisners having won them. But even before I won one, I still felt like if Fury Max didn't get nominated, I don't know what the point of this, this, uh, but I think you can say that about any awards sure. uh, committee in any industry. Yeah. I, no, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's all the same kind of things that for any award. I think the awards often try and intentionally separate themselves from sales and popular opinion because they, they don't want to just go along with what everybody else says. So they, they feel this pressure to do something different right. and it creates this very, very strange piece. And, and by the way, I definitely like Ash. He's a great guest on the show and I will have Ash back and I will mention him live because he's a great guy. So, sure. Yes. Hi, Ash. Uh, yes. Hey, Ash. Um, <laughs> What what about, uh, by the way, you, do you have any intention with White Knight to send, uh, and this was another question that a couple of people sent in, like, do you want to send uh, Bruce back through time? I, I Why would you do that? No, uh, I, try, I steer away from like fantasy elements and hard sci-fi. Uh, the fact that I had Jason Blood in Curse of the White Knight was an outlier for me. Like I generally don't enjoy magic. I, I mean, I just, for as a writer, I don't know how to make it work. Um, when a character could sort of do whatever she needs to do for the plot to make sense, it, I don't know, or he, he or she, whatever. Like, it's just not my thing. But I know a lot of people love Hellblazer and all kinds of books out there or whatever. But for me as a writer, I tend to go towards noir and stick, stay as grounded as possible. So for White Knight, I, I tend to have them keep aging uh, yeah. forward. Good. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're, you're, yeah. you're mixing it up a little bit. You're going to have them age and age in the, yeah. the aging direction. Yeah, like if if I did volume three, Bruce would presumably be 65 and, you know, Barbara and Harley would be in their 40s or whatever. And yeah. if I did a volume four, uh, I assume they would be older than that. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in, in such a crazy fantasy world that we can't possibly imagine. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, what about as so people talk about other mediums? Um, would you like to get into doing something noir, thriller, horror, sci-fi, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, Joe, 
<laughs> I refuse no, to I mean, I, I want to care. No, no, I, I understand. I love writing all sorts of genres. I, I, I look at the core of the story and, and build out from there. And I, I mentioned this before, but like Beckstar is really about like the the friendship of, of her and and Sally and and her past friendships and they're all and lesbians. I hear. Yeah, no. Uh, turns out there's no lesbians in the book. What? Uh, it's oh, it's crazy. Male privilege. You're not you're not getting that dynamite no. money. Come on. No, there's only one kind of relationship hinted at, but it's we don't go too far into it, and it's between. This is going to be shocking. I hope you're all sitting down. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> it's between a man and a woman. Oh my god! In a comic book in 2021. So weird. It's no. it's it's hard to read. I know, I get it, but um, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's it is, but but yeah, like <laughs> you always look at like that, like the core of the story. And I, I love writing horror. I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. I love uh, you know slice of life kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, you know, because I, I I also love pretentious bullshit, fanographics drawn in quarterly stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. like Daniel Klaus's Eight Ball, like yeah. I can like all that all that kind of stuff yeah. I, I i love it uh french comics uh david b's uh epileptic is uh yeah. I, I love that uh yeah. you know beautiful darkness uh, satania uh mm -hmm. stuff like that but um but yeah it's about the for me it's always about the characters and, and there's a core thing going on with the character and then like the genre is, is almost like the window dressing right yeah yeah, yeah. So I, have a, I have a question to pose and i'll ask you both but i'll answer first because my answer is ready sure. if you had all the money in the world you wanted to hire one artist to do one one artist and writer to do one uh, title. It could be anyone you want, dead or alive, who would you pick? Like you could get Toth to do X-Men. You could get Frazetta to do uh, Batman, whatever you want. Like if you had all the money in the world and you could resurrect the dead, yeah. what would your perfect four issue series be? Hmm. Uh, um, my, my answer first. Uh, yeah, I assume you guys aren't ready. What's funny um, is, is somebody asked this exact question for you. So this is perfect. <laughs> um, I would hire Chris Ware, who okay. did Jimmy Corrigan. I would hire him to do a Star Trek Next Generation comic where right. you would have like a 30 panel comic of data being like, hmm, and then he blinks and then he's not mm -hmm. blinking. And then it says, and then, and then data's down in the hologram. Like, I would love that. Nobody would give a shit about that except for me. But I think Chris Ware doing that world with that, uh, that, that the window dressing of what TNG Next Generation is would be amazing. And I would be the only one that would give a shit. <laughs> what about you guys? Um, it's just going to piss everybody off, but I, uh, I, I've, I've been loving Rumiko Takahashi. That was my introduction to manga. And so if it, you know, if, again, fulfilling your, your live or dead, or I mean, she's obviously alive, but you know, not putting out the same kind of material. Um, I would love to see her do her version of the X-Men. I think it would be definitely not what people would expect and everything else, but I would love to see some of these manga artists take on some of these these titles. I think it would be really enjoyable to just kind of watch the the art for sure, but the storytelling as well. I think would I would just be fascinated to see how that would come out. Mm. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you, Joe? It, it's a tough one, but uh, what what I think it, it might be is um, get Roger Stern and Gil Kane to do Superman. Mm. Mm. Yeah. They never got to do Superman together. Uh, yeah. Roger Stern's one of the best writers on that book, and Gil Kane is one of the best artists to ever do it. 
Hmm. Good answer, man. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I like comic books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about this, uh, by the way, this Captain America. I love this. On the 200th anniversary of the United States, America will die. And Kirby's got Captain America looking like some shit's going down here. Yeah. I mean, has it been 200 years? I feel like we're about on that precipice right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never, you never know. Yeah. It's um, funny if I did that. If I forget to do another GI Joe cover, the last thing I want would want to do is give us a cover of paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, it, you know, there goes from X Men Uncanny too. Actually, now that you think about it, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of strange things going. I mean, this GI Joe, as I recall, this was the origin of Snake Eyes. Basically, they're about to tell, which was a big oh, deal. That makes it even okay. That's even more painful, actually. Yeah, I, I, uh, it is, it is a funny way, but, but it just also kind of shows that during this era, you could roll pretty much anything out, and it was selling, yeah. you know, two hundred fifty thousand copies. So. It, it is charming. Like the covers, the sensibility of the covers is like, here is what's happening this week, kids, and it doesn't have to be an epic, perfectly drawn, uh, you know, golden spiral will last the test of time design of a cover. It could just be whatever. Here's what's going on this week, and I feel like. You don't, I mean, I don't feel comfortable doing that anymore because like when I do a cover now, I feel like this has to be an epic movie poster, period. And uh, if they said, yeah. we want you to do a poster, uh, sorry, a cover of uh, Batman White Knight, we want you to go off of this like G.I. Joe layout where we're looking at a bunch of paperwork. I'd be like, do you not want me to sell this cover? Do you not want people to buy this book? <laughs> I feel like the stakes have changed on covers. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. and I mean, so much goes into to variants and, and everything else. What, what, that was one of the other questions. What's your take on variants, by the way? Uh, I do one variant only. Uh, when I was doing Chronos with Millar, we did seven variants for issue one. And we paid a lot of artists a lot of money to do these variants. And it spiked the numbers, which felt good for issue one. But at the end of it, we basically wasted money because we spent money on artists. It felt good to get the headlines. But, like, what are those headlines even worth if your unit sales are the same by issue four. Yep. So having learned that lesson, when I came to DC with White Knight, I said, I want to just do one variant. I want to do my main cover and I'll do a variant for like a super fan. Uh, and, you know, I want it to be the shops don't have to order a minimum amount to get the super fan cover. Like that's the way I, I don't want to abuse shelf space because I know that real estate is a premium in comic shops. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, I, I view variants, uh, you know, similar to how I view the coronavirus variants. The less variants, the better. <laughs> wow, a way to bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, by the way, there's a couple people asked about uh, Sean and his feelings on original art and, and kind of that kind of stuff. There's a whole video on that, actually, with the three of us. And we're not drunk in it. And it's uh, you can check that out. That's a good video talking about art. And that's where you, you learn yeah. about people yeah. drinking off Scotty Young. So it's... Uh, <laughs> it's Scotty Young is art, art, not Scotty, Scotty Young himself. No, yeah, I Scotty Young is art. Thank I you. I jerk off to Scotty Young himself. And yeah, I, exactly. He's a friend of mine, and I stand by that. <laughs> That's going to be the most awkward interview uh, in the world. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not for you. True. Okay. Uh, very, very good. I'm going to tee it up so it's awkward for you. So I, I do have a... Uh, actually, I have a very serious question for Perth. Okay, excellent. Uh, and Joe, too. Of course, I'm going to apply a little pressure to some. I think some of the videos you've been releasing are contradictory, and I mm, need yes. clarification. That's because I'm drunk. Yes. Sometimes you say Twitter doesn't matter. If you yeah. look at the sales, 
you look at the spikes and the droughts, Twitter yes. doesn't matter. Yeah. And other times you condemn people for doing Twitter wrong, which implies yes. Twitter does matter. Uh, and I agree with you on most things you say, but I'm curious for the audience how you can clarify that those two things. That's a great question. So I, I think it comes into the statement of, I, I think generally speaking, uh, Twitter as it exists today and the people who are on it today, it doesn't seem to matter. If you look at the numbers, nothing's really getting impacted. It's not really, whether you're, you're positive or negative, it's not really making a huge difference. Except there are a couple small exceptions where I think people have been able to harness it fairly well. And when I say it, I'm talking more social media in general. And we see this glimmer of upside. And unfortunately, I, I see more of that on the, the ends of kind of some of manga and some of YA, some of these other efforts. I do see creators using social media to their advantage. And actually, what we were talking about earlier, I think J. Scott Campbell and what he's done, he's, he's able to kind of turn this whole thing around where there is potentially a plus. He's gaining some subscribers, and I think he'll get more attention for his variants. I think that there's an opportunity for social media and some of these things to actually have a positive effect. I don't think, I think it's, it's underutilized today and its potential is pretty much dead, uh, but it's, it's people misusing the platform. So yeah. I don't know if that still keeps the contradiction in play, but I, that's, that's kind of how I view it. I, I feel like people are just yeah. kind of messing with the medium and it's not, it's not mattering today, but it could matter. And that's the wasted opportunity. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so to piggyback on your point, I, I feel like, social media like like something like twitter is like the ceiling and if you're doing it right there isn't too much more room to go up but if you do it wrong there's a yeah. lot of opportunity to go down that's a that's a different i i, I agree with that too yeah yeah you know because yeah i mean all all this stupid kind of drama that can happen and i you know we we're talking about it before and i mean uh perch and i'll send insane tweets that that people yeah. put out there and, and like <clears throat> everyone's talking about them behind the scenes like yeah. people like see it and you could imagine everyone can probably guess a handful of the people that that are in this because they're the people who are like just tweeting constantly and it's like people in the industry and like some high level pros like sharing the stuff like this what the hell is this person doing well, I mean, you know? yeah, not to name names, but if you're yeah. a, you know, if you're in the business and maybe mm -hmm. you're a person of some authority in the business, um, don't talk about killing yourself. Uh, don't talk about uh, how you ate 20 pizzas in a night because you were yeah. high. Don't don't talk about uh, maybe you you took prescription drugs and shrooms and knocked your head out on your toilet. Like, don't do that. That's your. Yeah. That is a self-inflicted head wound right there. Yeah, the, the amount of people who openly talk about constant drug use and then tweet about how they really wish they were hired by Disney Yeah, is like, maybe maybe that's not helping. Yeah. At, at best case scenario, it's not hurting you. Worst case yeah. scenario, it is hurting you. And yeah. that's, right. that's not where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a writer who, uh, and, and without mentioning names, but people are talking about in the chat, who was on Twitter yesterday you know, through the evening, who was just like slowly murdering his career. And it's weird why you would do that. And, and the, the thing is, none of this stuff happens right away. It's the stuff that gets you down the road. And a lot of creators, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, Sean, you're, you're, maybe you're not the same way, but I mean, if you have aspirations for going to work for Disney and helming a movie someday and, and doing all this kind of stuff, um, 
you know, it, it's not going to be helpful to act like a lunatic on yeah. social media, uh, you know, and, and yeah, if you, you do, a, if, if part of being hired at a big company from now on, I'm not saying I agree with this, but if new, the new reality is if you want to work for Disney, they're going to do a social media background check to see if you said anything controversial or problematic in the last five to 10 years, um, which seems to be the case. Uh, sure. better or worse, honestly, um, then you might want to clean it up. You might want to realize that your, you know, hot take on whatever it is might actually cost you a job one day. Yeah. And uh, you have freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want, but they have the right not to hire you because you're tweeting like an asshole. Yeah. It's, I'm not, I'm not, it I don't know who this writer is who tweeted. I'm not saying he's an asshole, but no, uh, but I mean, in general, yeah. Don't get put on a comic that is going to be part of an upcoming phase four, you know, Disney thing uh, that's going to be potentially a huge movie and one of the cornerstones and then talk about crazy things like you are guaranteeing they're yeah. not going to have anything to do with you when they get around to making that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, no, it's it, it's all crazy. It, it's just you, you don't have to live online. A, a lot of people sometimes too. You're just like, how are you even tweeting this much? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it, it gets it gets pretty crazy. And, and again, it's like sometimes it's like if you have a hot take tweet, if it's not that many, maybe it'll fly under the radar. But you get people who are clearly trying to create a viral tweet and then get upset when it actually goes viral. You yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. People say, like, they're constantly tweeting about a thing, and then one of the tweets blows up, and they're like, oh, my God, I hate this. You're all awful. I'm locking my account. And it's like, yeah, because you got exactly what you were trying to get? Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's very weird. weird. I, I was talking to Perch about this uh, the other day, and I, my impression is that Perch, myself, and Joe probably make more money per year than the average comic creator. Joe? Maybe, maybe. Okay. You know, I work full time um, and I do comics. So okay, so yeah. that's a probably yes. Perch uh, yeah. and I, it is. It's easy. So all right, the way that I talk about comics. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sean, he's a liberal, but he's not a crazy liberal. We like Sean because mm -hmm. he's he has conservative. Like that's my rap. Is and I get attacked by liberals because I'm not woke enough or whatever it is. Like whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. But um, it's easy for me to be even keeled, and it is for Perch and it is for Joe, when you can pay your bills, and sure. you have yes. validation in your career. Pay your bills. Validation in your career. Your family life is set up like you're not losing sleep at night wondering when your bills are, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of artists is like only a handful of things you get as a creator in comics. You get respect mm -hmm. of your peers. You get paid well. You get control of your your uh, your 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 career in some way. So you don't have to say mm -hmm. yes to scripts you hate, whatever it is. Um, and it, but most people on Twitter who are losing their minds don't have any of that. That's true. I feel like they're all in a psycho ward that I'm not in anymore. And Perch isn't in. And mm -hmm. Joe, I'm assuming you're not in. They don't like seem when, to you, be. when you are making 25 a year and living in Manhattan and you're mm. uh, like terrified of what Donald Trump's going to do and upset at every single anti what you perceive to be anti BLM tweet. All you have is pick, picking up your sword like Don Quixote and, you know, charging it windmills. 
and yeah. that's that's what's happening. Like it's easy for me to seem relaxed and calm about it because I I have respect to my peers. I have the money. I have to like I've I've gotten to the top of the mountain in comics, and I'll hopefully stay there for a while. So it's easy for me to look back and be like, yeah, what's their problem? <laughs> but if I was 23 years old and not being able to pay my bills and not getting respect, you know, jobs were short and far between. I'd be losing my mind on Twitter too. Like I'm glad that I wasn't 22 when Twitter hit. Like uh, you're seeing a well-measured Sean who's gotten older. You're not seeing the angry militant atheist, super woke liberal of 2003. Yeah. You know, thank God <laughs> that I'm older yeah. now. And I'm like, eh, I played this game. This doesn't end well. I'm not going to play it. But uh, I, I don't blame these people for doing this because it, it's stacked against them in so many ways. And I, I don't think that a lot of the YouTubers that attack the woke culture incorporate this. Now, I'm not excusing the woke bullshit that's going on by any mm -hmm. means, but I, I do feel some empathy for what they're going through. I no, I, sure. I love that. I, I think, um, I, I mean, part of what I've, I've done in some of the videos and and I, whether it's come through or not is I, I want to understand why people are, I, I want to get to the bottom of why people are doing what they're doing. It's, it's rarely not because they're just psychotic. There's usually some reason that led people to be this way and, or to, to, to this action was taken. Rarely do people just come in and do crazy things. There's always some yeah. logic that gets them there. And I think that's important. I, I know that that's irritated some people and, and they don't want to hear it and, and all the rest, but um, yeah. it is, it is always striking to me that the most insane mail that I've gotten, and I've gotten some pretty crazy things, um, mm -hmm. it's always the super extremes on each end. It's, it's sure. 1% of absolute nutcases. And I always think, I wish he could, Somebody makes fun of me on on some of the uh, comments. So like, I, you just want to put those people in a pit and then like close it up and let them fight it out and then just walk away. Is always, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, how about uh, you know, punk rock Jesus too? Is that happening? Uh, no, because DC owns it. So if I'm gonna spend you know eight months doing a book, I pay my bills better by doing a Kickstarter or doing something else. Yeah. Um, I leveraged to try to get punk rock Jesus back. And uh, DC was fine giving it back, but they had to shoot it up the ladder to Warner Brothers. So oh. all these Warner Brothers execs were like given a file one day. They're like, here's the thing of things that we might lose. And they all went through it and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Jesus is an atheist like in the Truman Show and he fights back against the power. They all said, no, you can let it go. But one guy, I don't know who it is, said, we'll we find should that guy. That. It's going to be a thing. So that went back down to DC and they're like, we'd love to get back to you, but sorry, one exec thinks that it has legs. Uh, and that was like six years ago. And as far as I know, it, I, I would love it if it had legs, but as far as I know, it doesn't. <laughs> one day HBO Max, it will be there. There yeah. you go. <laughs> now we do, we do have this interview coming up uh, with Katana Collins. Are you going to be mm -hmm. listening to that? Is that an interesting creator you want to hear from? Joe? <laughs> I I, uh, I thought she was very interesting. I, I really like that uh, she has very strong opinions on coffee. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's where you started it. <laughs> I, I think listeners are going to be really into that. Um, you're yeah. going to find out. you you got to tune in. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Does she prefer Lifetime or Hallmark? <laughs> there you go. You she, was so, she was so nervous uh, doing the interview because she feels like People don't want to read my stuff because they think it's nepotism and they don't know that I'm a real writer outside of comics. And she's seen the, 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 you know, gauntlet that I've gone through on Twitter. And she's just yeah. like, Ooh. every time she does an interview, she's very PC, 
Whereas mm -hmm. I, I like to like poke the bear uh, mm -hmm. about this stuff. So I actually show up like halfway through the interview just to fuck with her a little bit. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it is the, the, one of the questions I got was, uh, has Sean ever met Katana Collins in real life? And, and do you think they might do more together? That seemed like a good book. So that was one of the questions. Yeah. How, how would you respond to that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've totally hit that too. So I, I can see more future, more books in the future for us. <laughs> I, I there's of, very confused people in the chat right now. I'm sure. Part part of me, it it, it took me like part of me like obviously I didn't do it, but you know, part of me wanted to do like some fake questions before it went live, like Detective Comics five thirty five. Yeah. Why was that important? <laughs> no. I gave her like a, a prep session where I was like, I, I mentioned the the person a video about Kekau, the uh, Korean. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I was like, it's a romance and this and that. He might ask you about this. And I, I said, Perch should I ask you these things about Disney. So you should be prepared to answer those things. So I was trying to help her out, but she's super new yeah. to this world. Um, that's funny. One, um, so her writing name is Katana Collins. And on some social media platform, they tried to cancel her for hijacking the Asian name Katana because she's a white she's a white girl from Czechoslovakia. Ah, my wife. Shit. And uh, sorry to say that her legal legitimate last name is Katana. The Collins part is made up. <laughs> so a lot of the people that were attacking her had to eat a lot of shit, and they backed away. And that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> That 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 is pretty great, but uh, but yeah, it's it's all. Are you trying to tell me, Sean, that some of these people don't actually have principles and all they're here for is the fight? They don't even read comics, Joe. A lot yeah. of them just download them and they pirate them, and even then, they don't. They just here for uh, justification. It's a culture war, baby. Yeah. How, no. how do you feel? That was that, was, and and we're wrapping. Uh, I mean, we've taken so much of your time here, but uh, right. we we did piracy was the other kind of topic of the week. How do you feel about piracy? Uh, as a capitalist, I disagree with it. Sure. Um, I think that what you said about uh, Japanese comics and how they have tried to find a way to offer customers something for free and then try to motivate them to start paying. Um, no one denies that people can get shit for free online, but how do you get them to want to pay for more is the question. And um, Japanese publishers seem to have been addressing that, whereas uh western like marvel and dc editors i've seen them say online that you should just you know illegally download comics you can't read which i think is bullshit mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know when they're going to crack down on that i know i mean i know that disney might be releasing some uh new rule about not posting anti mickey mouse on any of their platforms which i'm sure is going to suck the oxygen out of the room for a while but I don't blame companies for wanting to get ahead of this because I, I do think it's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no. there is there you you referred to it. There there apparently I've now heard in many many places. I don't think this is a big secret because I saw a Fast Company article about it. But there is a, a fairly large and what's being deemed draconian social media policy that Disney is going to push out over the next two weeks or so that will apply yeah. to Marvel and ESPN and everyone. And it's it's apparently yeah. very very rough. I expect. Yeah. To see some. I mean, some of my best friends at DC hate this. They claim they will quit if it ever is brought to fruition. Uh, is it a little bit 1984? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if I was the publisher and I saw all of my uh, employees 
tweeting 80 times a day between the hours of nine to five, I would be like, I'm not paying you to tweet about politics, jack off. I need mm -hmm. you to do some work. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, like I said to you before, Perch, like mm -hmm. you can have five coffee breaks a day. <laughs> You're tweeting 80 times during work hours. I don't want to pay you to stir up shit. Like what the hell? Like, and these companies are very liberal. They're very woke, but even they are about to tap out because it's just too much. Yeah, oh. and uh, to to also talk about the the piracy thing here, you can, oh yeah, that sorry, yeah, no, 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 you're fine. But like, <laughs> you can download or or you can stream, like you can rent a movie for three, four bucks. Yep. You know, if if it's not on a streaming service you have on like YouTube or whatever, or Amazon, whatever, you have to spend usually about three or four bucks to buy a comic digitally. Mm. Yeah, that's 10 minutes of entertainment versus anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours of entertainment. Yeah. And, and a movie and a big production that like yeah. hundreds, if not thousands of people worked on. Meanwhile, it costs the same amount to get something that like half a dozen people worked on. Comics yeah. are too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's not. And, and I get it. More people are probably downloading that movie than buying that comic. And I, yeah. I understand the, the yeah. problem yeah. here. At the same time, the customer couldn't care less. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the problem. You you have to put yourself from a, a customer or or guest perspective. The person who's who's there, you you whatever you think you're doing, that's awesome. Yeah. But your customer is the one paying you the bills, so you you it doesn't yeah. mean you give them everything they want because the customer will frequently give you false positives and other things. But it does mean that you have to care about why they want it, and that's really important. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. this idea that uh, saying that comics should be cheaper, this isn't a culture war thing. Just stop. Jimmy Palmiotti yeah. said comics are too expensive. If I was a, a manager and advisor to comics, I'd be like, people can buy a game on Steam for $1.99 and it takes them 60 hours to beat. You're charging them $5.99 for a book that they're going to be disappointed in. It only has 22 pages. Like, it just, this isn't rocket science. This is not a political argument. Comics are too expensive, period. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's it's it is for the market and it has nothing to do with the the people with the pay on the, the back end it has nothing to do with the quality all the right. I mean, it, that, mm -hmm. those are all factors, but the market can't support this. price yeah. tag. And it's just you can argue about it. But I mean, we're, we're seeing with Mongo, we're seeing with other things. It does not work. A dollar ninety nine for unlimited Shonen Jump is death to these other platforms. And you yeah. got to wrap your head around that. But uh, yeah. yeah. That's what, um, I mean, iTunes and stuff like that is what stopped things like Napster and Morpheus and Kazaa yeah. and all that. When, when you present the customer with a cheap alternative and you make it easy for them to make that purchase, yeah. like iTunes did, and, and now Spotify and things like that, yeah, like I, I'll, I'll pay for Spotify. You know, it's like, what, 10, 12 bucks a month or whatever it is. And it's yeah. like, it, it, and you get a record. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's cheaper than all that. Yeah. I think I was telling, I remember now it was a Joe or, or Sean earlier this week. I mentioned that I, a very, very high profile editor uh, I called and said, did you realize how easy it is to subscribe to, to Shonen Jump? Did you know that it was one click? And it's like, <laughs> how did you not know? Like, are you paid to know this asshole? <laughs> yes, I, I, I do appreciate everything, but yeah. look, uh, we've, we've been with you for a long time. I want to respect your evenings. It's late out there on the East coast. Yep. For both of you. Thank you very so, much guys. Yeah, no, thank, you. Yeah. Hey, thank you everybody in the chat. Sean, thank you for being so transparent with everything and, and answering oh, our questions. And yeah, it's great. We're going to get together again soon, but 
Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon, guys. Thank you. Bye.